Knocked on by Naismith. Robertson plays it away. Still goalless between these sides. They've played out two goalless draws in the history of cup meetings. Here comes Harkins. Flicks it forward. The opportunity for Patrick Russell and the goal! Damon Gray, who made his debut in the Scottish Cup last season in the semi perhaps. May well have put Patrick Thistle en route to the semis. Damon Gray with a sensational strike. What a magnificent finish from a player who we know has goals in him, but he's under pressure there. It's the first clear opportunity for Thistle, and he didn't disappoint. It's a great run forward here, driving at the Rangers' defence. Eventually, time to perfection. He's onside, one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Can he find the finish? You better believe it. Great play from Harkins. Looked one way, passed the other, and Damon Gray knocks it home for his first-ever goal in the Scottish Cup, and what a top-class finish it was. The yellow card comes, but he's engulfed and happy. I know it's a silly rule if you're celebrating with your own fans, but you know what time it is. You know what time it is. Give me the green light, cos I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. What you waiting for? You only got one life. And we gonna live it up. Hello? Hi George, you alright? Sorry, I, I, I was sleeping when you just phoned there, so, um, what's up? What do you mean two weeks ago? George, it's the 10th of January. We only recorded the episode like 14 hours ago. Don't know what else, I'll get it sorted. George, are you in the gear again? What do you mean you've been trying to contact me for the last two weeks? I only spoke to you yesterday. Oh, for fuck. What ho, you salty dogs, and welcome to the Pooh Pooh Podcast first episode of 2019. Uh, now, today we are not going to be doing uh, a numbered episode, as you will, but as you may have noticed, the, uh, this month there was a little thing called Wrestle Kingdom happened in Tokyo, so we are going to run the rule over that, uh, as we did last year, to uh, middling acclaim and middling success. So, um, with me, as always, I'm George Thompson, I have uh, David Forrest, and joining us for the first time for our Wrestle Kingdom review, Daniel, and he has got some, he has got some takes. <laughs> I, 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 I describe them as tepid takes. Um, the the lukewarmest of takes, uh, to be honest, but they are takes nonetheless. So yeah, <laughs> well, I mean the Puri Puri podcast, spicy takes for spicy times. Yeah, indeed. Uh, um, yeah, uh, n- n- nice to be here after um, meaning to be on it last year, but um, going on an enormous bender somewhere in um, the southwest of Madrid. And that doesn't sound like no, you. I, well, no, I, um, I, I still to this day I'm still not sure whose house I was at. 
when I messaged you, when, when I messaged you waking up in a fright to realizing that I had I'd actually agreed to do something that day. <laughs> just to, did we read your text out on the episode? Uh, possibly. Like, Th- this was just at the point when an Argentinian man who um who spoke about as much English as I speak Spanish um just walked through the door with two enormous cases of beer uh, and sat down next to me and handed me one um with the kind of look um, in his eyes that I can only describe as um um intense investment in me drinking all of them with him. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it was you know that's what that's what internationalism is is all about, really, isn't it? Um, is this that Camino Real I've heard something about? <laughs> Similar, but like in a squat somewhere. <laughs> Actually, of course, Camino Real can be translated as King's Road. In, uh, could be, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit, bit of wrestling yeah. uh, association. Uh, they are wrestling. <laughs> wrestling, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling association, not wrestling association. Are yeah, yeah. Uh, we must make that no, very clear. No, no, no. Come on now. We're not perverts here. So, yeah, um, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. So, uh, New Japan's biggest show is the, of the year, as you may be aware, happens every year on January the 4th at the Tokyo Dome. So, those are the basics. Um, but before we set off on our review, um, I guess let's just discuss New Japan's 2018, because it's had its ups and downs, to say the least. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are probably better placed to talk about this, because as I'll explain in a moment, I have watched not much New Japan this year uh, for reasons. So, yeah, you guys go first. I would certainly say the ups, uh, certainly to uh, probably in the business sense, it seems like uh, business is booming, to be fair to them. They've got a uh, new chief executive, a guy called Harold May, who's a uh, Dutchman who's lived in Japan for the last uh, 25 years, run numerous uh, companies, seems to be a, a big wrestling fan, uh, speaks Japanese fluently, and is seems to be sort of promoting this sort of idea of Western expansion. Now, uh, unfortunately, um, in the same way that the uh, the uh, uh, Meiji restoration after the uh, collapse of the Tokugawa shogunate... I knew um, you were going to make a reference to this as soon as he started um, talking about Harold May. Oh, no, I didn't, oh shit, no, I didn't even realise it, it was a pun. In the same way yeah, that the, uh, Meiji. the Meiji restoration um, sort of decided to westernise and modernise, but took all the worst parts from uh, Western <laughs> society. So too has the Harold Meiji restoration. Thank you very much for the layup, Daniel. Sorry. Um, some, some may say has done the same in wrestling terms. Uh, David, what would you, what would you uh, aver on this front? I mean, I... <laughs> that is a sigh and a half. That is the kind of sigh that leads into uh, a man who has really had his fill of a particular product. <laughs> Like that's the kind of side that, like, when your mom, when like your mum says, "Yeah, it's um, you know, it's uh, it's Uncle Ben's again for dinner." You're like, "Oh, really? <laughs> really? Again?" Harold the Shadow Mage is cast. He's casting all the mana. <laughs> you know, it's like tap to mana and bring free white people into New Japan. You're like, "Oh man!" Like <laughs> all his land cards are wasteland. All his land cards are wasteland. See, I know that. I know that fucking much about magic. <laughs> Spent like, one afternoon playing it at your place. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, New Japan 2018. <laughs> I, I, I don't is this your attempt at an ASMR? Is this just like, <laughs> it's just you making exasperated noises about New Japan's booking? I mean, this, this is going to go on for about 20 minutes. I mean, I liked Isaka. I enjoyed his matches. He bet people. It was great. Yeah. Like, what about what about your boy? 
Toriyano. Well, yeah, yeah. well, 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 we'll come, we'll come on to that in the, the final yeah. match because I have a point to make um, about this. But uh, we'll, I, we'll can, I think I can guess what this is going to yes, be, but I'll I let you get to it at the time. Yes. Um, I mean, it's been ups and downs, mostly downs. So it's not, let's not lie. Um, I think I found that they've really made a, um, they they made an effort to really try and, um court people like myself i.e. people from the west and as you know people like myself are a terrible demographic to court um, <laughs> like don't if we're not we're not really um the, the, you know if you want to make lots of money don't don't target people like me and i i don't know I, I like they, they are targeting the western market you can clearly see that and i don't i don't i'm not a big fan it's yeah i think the the i think the reason I got into um, New Japan, not to be like Orientalist about it, but like is because it offered something different from uh, what WWE was offering. Yes. And I feel that sort of, I, I guess, sort of tempering that in an effort to appeal to uh, Western consumers, I think actually runs the risk of turning off a lot of uh, fans for whom you know, they like the fact that it's something noticeably different from what they're used to. That's exactly yeah. that, that's exactly how I felt about it in that like the whole the whole Bullet Club Civil War. Jesus yeah. Christ, <sighs> Jesus Christ! It's I mean like what, what can you say about it? It it, it's, it was rotten. It was absolutely fucking rotten. I think what I w- the the point that I would make about when when we talk about um how they're trying to I've got a slightly different take on it than than they're purely trying to appeal to um to Western audiences they're clearly doing that in some of the marketing in some of the people that they're promoting um and in some of the ways they present the shows but what 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 to me is um I actually think this is more um, representative of um a a worldwide homogene homogenization of um, wrestling presentation and of wrestling styles. Um, in 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 the sense that um, there was an excellent article written a few years ago now. It might have been by J.R. Goldman or Brock, who does Brock hates wrestling. Someone wrote it, and it was really good. And I'll have to I'll have to try and find out who it was and 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 um, and post it or something on the Twitter page. But um, it was basically a really good article that talked about the homogenization in wrestling style and presentation. And I think that's one of my main bugbears with with modern wrestling. Um, it's the sense that when I, like you said, George, I don't necessarily want have to have um, a, um, a, an organization or a promotion that's completely inward looking and doesn't reference anything outside of itself. It's the modern day. The internet happened. We have social media now. We're uh, we're in this like paradigm shift. You have to sort of reference things outside of yourself now, and that's fine. But to me, um, New Japan very much um, in the last uh, just over a year or so. Um, has has been uninteresting to me on on that level, but also there's a style um, kind of bias here as well, um, um, and, and um, a personality um, bias from me as well, as is well known as as I've said many times before. Um, the whole um, the, the the elite, uh, the Bullet Club, um, certainly Bullet Club post the Devitt um, uh, angle and, and matches that started it, um, have never held much of an interest for me. Um, we're talking, by the way, on on the um, on the same uh, sort of week that AEW has announced its promotion, and I genuinely do wish them all the best and hope that they can um, you know uh, be a space for wrestlers to. Experience themselves a lot uh, and to build a company that can you know rival some of the third or, or even second place companies at the moment but to me it's not what I'm interested in I don't like um, the work I don't like the matches of most of the bullet club members or the elite um, I don't like their personalities they're great on me um, so having for example Omega on top with these um, 
horribly overblown um, kind of a main events um, or uh, um, or just straight up disappointing main events um, um, against some of his opponents. And then the card, as you said, David Riddle with this bu- Bullet Club elite Bullet Club split thing. It's it's not really done a huge amount for me. Um, and I'm I actually made the point in my notes that. When I started watching this, take everything I say with a pinch of salt, people, because I'm basically coming into this entire show cold, um, having not watched any New Japan other than very um, kind of um, uh, pimped matches um, um, that I've selected and cherry-picked throughout the last year. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess a symptom of this would be, I mean, um, if we can sort of tie all this together with the the Bullet Club, uh, the Firing Squad uh, faction, uh, and this sort of westernisation, I think, would be... um, uh, Tamatonga's run in the in the G1, where yeah. he he got himself disqualified in quite a lot of matches, and we've said before on podcasts like Japanese wrestling hasn't always been clean finishes. You look at some of the Champions Carnival oh, they had in the eighties. All Japan didn't have a clean finish for about ten years, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly, all all over the fucking place. But I mean, I and I don't know if this is a false binary or not, but it seems to me like you can have those finishes if they arise from someone's i i guess intense desire to win the match yeah, yeah and they've sure. gone too far in that and inflicted so much violence and they've sort of lost control of themselves yeah that they end up getting dq'd and you saw that a lot with people like abdullah the butcher and the shake uh, uh, you know, uh, jumbo the, the jumbo billy robinson ri- uh, yeah, rivalry exactly. mini, mini rivalry has Whereas a great match that, if, you, that if you just well i was gonna say even there's a even a very 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 up-to-date reference to this uh, with the best friends, Chucky T and Trent Beretta in the World Tag League. Basically <laughs> what they did for the whole thing. Like, I think Chucky T I think, snapped maybe about two or three times. Just ruining a match, he snapped and just went mental and cost him the match and DQing it. And it's just part of this overarching story that they've got going on. Yeah, I certainly we... thought it was a lot more well better done than yeah, that's uh, the, thing. the G1 I mean, stuff. If the wrestlers don't care, seem to care in storyline about winning the match, then you know why should the audience? I think also like tournament-related egregiousness that's happened this year in New Japan. I, I I'm fine with there being like quite a lot of teams in the tag league because there's there's a big roster. But I think putting all fourteen of them in the same block, Jesus, which led to about I think ninety-one matches or something like that, if my maths is right. Um, I think it was ninety-two. Yeah. Oh, including the final. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it led to uh, a lot of, not just dull match, but like sort of a lot of dead rubbers in there towards the, the bottom of the league in the way that sort of West Brom under Tony Pulis, like we've got 40 points, you know, we've won <laughs> a relegation, nothing to play for, it's Crystal Palace away, <laughs> you know, that sort yeah. of thing. More dead rubbers than a swingers party in a mansion. It did give me one of my favourite things in wrestling, it gave me three of them. Which is Suzuki Gun Derby's. Yeah. <laughs> Every time Suzuki Gun members face each other, it's always incredible. In fact, we made we made I made the joke about Isaka, about how I liked Isaka. I would I would heartily um, encourage everyone watch Suzuki and Isaka versus uh, Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi. Isaka got a chant in Corican Hall. That's how big it was. The mm-hmm. people were actively chanting for him. He did actual wrestling moves. I would I would the only thing I would suggest from the World Tag League is. Watch the Suzuki Gun Derbies. They're all really, really good. Heel versus heel matches can be really good. If they're just trying to have a normal match, then it tends to be quite boring. But if they're just trying to outbastard each other, then it, it can be it can be great. Like there was a match um, in Pro Wrestling Eve um, at their first She One tournament between um, Nina Samuels and Nicole Matthews, 
who were both heels. And that could have been an absolute nothing match, but, like, basically, they were just trying to out-cheat each other. It was really fucking yeah. entertaining. Like, I had a great time watching it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so we've run the rule over New Japan's 2018. So how would their uh, 2019 kick off? Let's get into it. So... Um, we're not going to do our usual thing of this quite sort of in-depth, almost forensic analysis of the matches because... Um, we can't be asked. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, there's that, there's that. But also, like, uh, I had people around to watch it. Like, um, a lot of mates who are avid New Japan watchers. Uh, yeah. One person who'd never seen it before, a couple who were just getting into it. Oh, well, I'm, um, I'm actually glad that you said that because I, I was really similar. I am um, um, just... My, my birthday was actually on the 7th of January. So, yeah. I, I, I it was the weekend before, obviously, um, when um, I, I could have had time to watch Wrestle Kingdom. I was kind of watching it in, in bits here and there while I was doing other things and, um, and, and uh, going out for, like, parties and stuff and things. So, I've watched it all in bits. So, my memory's not great. Yeah. But I've got some notes. I mean, but <laughs> yeah no not special i did the infamous jackson princess hours oh. uh, i w- i watched this live uh so i got up at 7 a.m because I-, I was working at 1 p.m that day so all ah, right just, my wife was absolutely delighted when she was trying to sleep and i put on the <laughs> never six man gauntlet because oh. <laughs> uh, i watched it in the bedroom but yeah I know. Yeah, I have. I, know. I have to say, like I've uh, before I started working a nine to five, like I would get up at seven a.m. to watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And honestly, I, I if I hadn't have had people around as well, I probably would have uh, done the same. But that's why I don't have any notes because I was like, I'm not being, I'm not being unsociable and just scribbling in a pad uh, while all my mates are yeah. around and we're just like having having a good time. Um, so um, the only yeah. downside to doing it at seven a.m. is that you fucking fall asleep, you know, halfway through. I it was like twenty to twenty, like twenty to one, or twenty to twelve, and I had to leave in like twenty minutes or something like that, and I was falling asleep, and I was like, I need to go to work in twenty minutes, and I'm fucking my head's going. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was shorter than last year's show. It was still like four and a half hours. It, no, it was under four hours. Was it really? uh, yeah, the main show was under four hours. It fit because I I had the the thing where I had to leave for work at twelve yeah. o'clock. So I was like, Kenny Omega is going to go on for an hour. I'm going to get a disciplinary at work because I'm late because I was watching it. But no, they they reined it in. This this is one thing I was, I'll mention later about it. But yeah, they reined it in. the The main show was under four hours. Yeah. And I think it finished at like quarter to twelve. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's I think that's to its benefit. Yeah, it did yeah. feel short to yeah. me this year, which is uh, which the, was that, better. Uh, infamous seventy minute Akara Omega match almost made up Al Jackson late for. Uh, works we were watching it at his and he was have to do a shift and he was just like basically had to sort of as soon as the bell went when he just sprinted out of the flats <laughs> and I, I don't think he would have stopped sprinting all the way to work so uh yeah that's um, it's okay so, father just let him run you know if, <laughs> how old may just uh trying to get all of us fired from our jobs and you know in some cases that would be uh that would be uh probably uh a blessed relief. Yeah, not, not for me. My job's all right. But, you know, I think uh, certain people, possibly certain people in this podcast. Hmm. <laughs> um, well, um, I, do, I, do, I do have a funny thing that we found out today about that. Um, are we are we going to discuss all the, the stuff about like the, the shows and that they've announced? Oh, um, which shows were this? Or, as in New Japan? Oh, you mean the ones for next year? Yeah. Oh, my God, no. Have you, have you heard this nonsense, right? New Japan is going full PWG next year in terms of its model. Yes, yeah, <laughs> you won't be able to see the shows until a year after they happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll start with the two dome shows. Uh, <laughs> so the New Year's Dash is being run in the dome. You know, everyone just struggled <sighs> with tickets, and their their decision to make sure people could get tickets is just have it in like a sixty thousand seater arena. 
Isn't isn't you isn't you just usually run at Corican? Or am I yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, it is Daniel. Because I never I, I never actually end up watching it until um although I'm uh, it's actually always got some good stuff on it. There's meant to be an excellent um six person tag on it from um either night, but I, I I never end up watching it till months later because it's just too much New Japan in too short a space of time. Yeah, uh, so yeah, they, they usually have it in Cork, and if people, like, maybe, I think they're going to put it to Sumo Hall or something like that for next year, and you'll scale it up a bit. Yeah, they fucking scaled it up a bit. I can't think of an example of New Japan running stadium shows on consecutive days since uh, 1995 in the Rungado Mayday Stadium in Pyongyang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, uh, with with glorious reverence to the uh, the paradise that is the DPRK. <laughs> All hell, Juche. Yep. All hell, Juche. Yes, um, the scene of uh, Kensuke Sasuke and Akira Hokuto's loving relationship blossoming. <laughs> Love lift us up where we belong. Blossoming is one way of putting it. Um, so yeah, they're, so they're doing loudly blossoming. They're doing two dome shows. I was going to say they're running. They're running more shows in uh, the USA and the UK, from what I uh, can understand. So um, yeah, <laughs> let us go on with the show. So there was a pre-show. Um, uh, Jonathan Coachman, thankfully, nowhere to be found. So <laughs> instead of the, um, mate, I was so fucking pissed off that they didn't have the Rambo. Well, well, uh, well I mean, uh, don't, uh... we're donning our black armbands for the New Japan Rambo. <laughs> Pull one out, mate, mate, mate. I've got, a, I've, I've got a BlackBerry on and a pair of sunglasses and the Balakava, and I have literally, I'm hoisting a gun over my laptop right now and firing off a volley. Both in in both in memoriam uh, at the tragic loss, but also in power and, the, and and hope for the future that we will win this struggle and our day will come and the Rambo will return. What would it, cheeseburger still sitting by the phone, just waiting? He's still drunk from Christmas. He doesn't know what day it is. Because I don't think there was a proper like nonsense match. No. On the card, really. And I mean, this one kind of came close at places, not really for the right reasons. But, um, you know, I liked seeing like Cheeseburger and Fujiwara and the Great Kabuki yeah. and uh, people like that. What about that? that? Was, it, was, it, was it last year or the year before? It was Kakahara that Yeah, he won out. it. I, it was last year, Kakahara won and it. He won yeah. it. Yeah, he that just... was great. And, th- and it was quite a moving moment because he- he'd been ill, yeah, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like... yeah, but, yeah. but like, not just the, uh, you know, the legends, but sort of people still on the roster, um, like you didn't have uh, Tenzan, you didn't have Kojima, Nakanishi, Liger, Tiger Mask, you know, like these are all like sort of old timers, but like they can, well, they can still go to various extents. Kojima can certainly uh, still go. And, you know, they're not big parts of the shows now, but it would have been nice to have them there just to... It's like, you remember that, you remember that time Tenzan and Kojima, like, wrestled fucking Shah Samuels and James Castle in York Hall, and it went, like, five minutes. Uh, but it's just nice to see them. <laughs> it was. It was lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. And it was like, you know, yeah, yeah, that was great. We, 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 were, we were both at that, weren't we, I think? I mean, like, I, 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 I did kind of spend most of this gauntlet wondering who my, my dream other, like, team to come out that I hadn't already been in would have been, and, it, like, just to, just to see, I don't know, maybe, like, I, in fact, I know who I would have. I'd have, um, Survival Tabita, Ken the Box, and, uh, Water Revolution, <laughs> uh, the other famous monster that Survival Tabita fought. Uh, just two two cardboard boxes in survival to beat her taking on Suzuki Gun, Bucket Gado, like 
I, I really want just survival to be to have a dome match. I don't really care how. Just just put them in I, a ramble. I mean, sadly, we didn't get anything as interesting as that. Uh, what we did get, so basically, what the match actually was was a gauntlet match to not even for the never open weight six man tag team championship, the most prestigious title in New Japan. Um, it was a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders to the never open weight six man tag team championship. Can you hear that dripping? That is the sound of prestige dripping off of the titles. Uh, right, this, this <laughs> like a like a broken tap. <laughs> I think you were say like precum. <laughs> oh, that whoa! <laughs> Curveball. Um, if you do have curvy balls, then go and get them checked. Um, no, but um, what? <laughs> I'm not quite sure where to go. I'm, I'm, I am. Ta- I am more taken aback than that time that Michael Winner came out to bat for the lesbians on the Richard Little John show. Um, <laughs> I right, remember that. Anyway. Fucking rolled. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal scenes. Uh, no, but um, what, right. Okay, so let's go back uh, before the days of precum uh, to um, yeah. Uh, so the, the point you made there about the, the titles lacking prestige. It's just this is a major, another major uh, complaint of mine. One, another thing that's really turned me off New Japan recently, and this is the same for any kind of professional wrestling organization. Happens in WWE. It's been happening for years. Happens in all combat sports. Boxing is a nightmare for this. MMA is ridiculous now, especially the UFC. Um, I do not like there to be an awful lot of titles. I like there to be a, a, a decent amount. I would say a tag team title, um, a, a a men's heavyweight, um, maybe a, um, a second tier belt like the Intercontinental Belt um, um, that, that they would have in, in WWE. Um, and then um, other than that, I'm actually not really asked about any other titles. Um, I don't mind, I suppose, like a third one in importance. Maybe um, you can have that as whatever you like. Maybe like a hardcore title or like a special, or like an X Division style thing. That's kind of all right. Obviously, women's title if you're a promotion that had any women. Um, but really, I don't want a lot of a preponderance of titles. It makes me care less about them all. Um, you know, and especially not a three-man never open way. I mean, really? Like, come on. I mean, like, I, I don't have that much of an umbrage with the never six-man titles because apart from the fact that I feel that they should really just use it for, like, nostalgia runs and stuff like that. Like, give it give it to Nagata, uh, Kojima, and Tenzan, and just let them have a wee run. Same as, like, the junior tag titles. Like, Liger and Tiger Mask should just get a token run at it. Mm. I feel that if you're going to use these, at least use them for people who are not going to get a title elsewhere. I mean, literally, the champions didn't defend here because they were in other matches. Mm. What What is the point in that? Like, yeah. why, why yeah, bother? Yeah, they're in, like, just... a more important match on the card for another title that they also hold. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. Just it does my nothing. It's uh, it, it doesn't keep my attention, and I think it just devalues in general winning, um, um, um winning titles that are more important. Yeah. To be to be honest. Also, often, like some of these fucking teams, man. Like, okay, I'll give you the Suzuki Gun team, which was Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and David Boy Smith Jr. And I don't mean I'll give you it in terms of wrestling skill because um, two thirds of that team I don't much care for. But at least they are an established. Um, oh really? Team. You don't like Killer Elite Squad? Not really, no. no. I I I, genu- I genuinely think Killer Elite Squad are one of the most underrated teams in, in on the planet. Like, and I've thought that for a wow. few yeah, and I've thought that for a few years. I think they're both actually really good workers. Okay, but... David Boy Smith Junior has his moments, but um, yeah, Lance Archer I've never particularly rated. I, I don't know. I don't mind them actually. You know, yeah, but I, I don't think they get. I don't. I don't see them as much as I would like. But um, um, yeah, they um, I think they they could be used a lot better than they than they have been. And certainly when they were on top of the um the heavyweight tag division, it was um when you compare it to what came sort of soon afterwards with um, Anderson and Gallows like absolute abomination of a run um, I actually think we um, you know we forgot how lucky we were 
That's not a take I expected from you, but I appreciate it. Yeah, so, so really, 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 really like You've got guys, them yeah. and then uh, the chaos team of um, Haruki, Haruki Goto, who was in like the third <laughs> top singles match on the card last year. And a good one yeah, as well. It's amazing, year. really. Very, very good match. Really heated. There was a guy affair. in the Super J-Cast who said that uh, he wrote into Super J-Cast saying that Goto Suzuki was his match of the year. Now look him. He's in the goddamn six-man gauntlet. Like, yeah. what, what is going on? So he's tagging with uh, Beretta and I can't remember who. It was meant to be someone else and then they got injured. So uh, uh, Chuck Taylor filled the place and uh, instantly tweeted, damn, looks like I can't get drunk and uh, and live tweet to Wrestle Kingdom like I usually do, <laughs> which I uh, <laughs> really appreciated. And, um, oh, that's good. Then you had, um, stretching the definition of the uh, the term the elite somewhat, um, uh, Hangman Page, Marty Skull, and uh, Yujiro Takahashi uh, out with uh, his uh, valet, and the camera work on uh, this on this lady um, oh, kind gosh. of makes you just think. If you're the sort of person who wants New Japan to have a women's division, just think: Do you? Do you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. Um, this is this is proper retro diaries. This <laughs> camera work. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'd go. I'd go further. I think it was um, actually. I think I've made that joke before. Yeah. That was just another joke about another Channel Five program. Um, have I done the compromising situations and hotline joke? Probably. Um, anyway, <laughs> I mean, you basically have now. So, like, um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've revealed myself as a as a also teenage this, lurker uh, freak. This made you things like I swear Marty Skull used to be good. Like I swear he did. It wasn't just an ice cream headache. He, he was for a bit. There was a sweet uh, there was a sweet spot when he went from everyone just being like uh, at Rev Pro shows being like, oh, I'll get an autograph from everyone. I'll get my picture taken with everyone, but not him. It's just Marty. Who cares? Like, he's always here. Uh, to actually becoming the champ and doing the villain persona and having really good matches with uh, you know uh, with people. Well, that, that match he had with, there was one York Hall show at Rev Pro. He had a match with Will Ospreay, which is still one yeah. of the best matches I've ever seen I mean, live. I, yeah, that, 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 yeah, and he also had um, a decent match with AJ Styles as well. Um did, did he have a three-way with um, Osprey and Styles? That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah there was like I, a I year was a where that was the title scene, and all those all those matches were really good. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, I don't know. He's rely- I've made this point before on the podcast. I think he's relying a lot on shtick, and you can't blame him because wrestling's really hard. But yeah. You know, even so, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, uh, just on another brief note, I'd actually forgotten Takahashi even existed until he came out on this show. Former tag partner of, <laughs> if you're new to, uh, if you're new to New Japan, um, former tag partner of Tetsuya Naito. Believe it or yeah. not, they were a tag team for a while. It was called No Limit. I didn't make it up. NTNE. <laughs> yes, not the low, No Limit Soldiers. That was something uh, entirely different in wrestling terms. Yeah. Oh, can I can I please get small and Tetsuya Tetsuya Naito? And Yujiro Takahashi in a faction. Oh, what was it? What was the other guy? The Swall was the one that had the shoulders that were like a mile wide, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, not. You, you know the, the absolute beefcake of a man. You know the one I'm talking about. Naito replacing his catchphrase "Nosotros los ingobernables de Japón" with just saying "Hooty hoo." Hooty hoo. What was that about? So uh, yeah, that was a team, and uh, the other ones: um, uh, Yuji Nagata, Jeff Cobb, and. Uh, David Finley, who I swear never used to be this pale, and um, the uh, the winning team of um, again I don't think these guys I... are in the same stable. Uh, <laughs> of uh, Tony... well, I see. I I I get the feeling that it's like the for me it's like you know how like 
you know how like when you if you were to play like five or seven aside football and you've not played it in a while and then a guy you've not spoke to in nine months and be like, All right man, we need somebody down at town head <laughs> yes. <laughs> you fancy and like they're a good pal. You know, you, you had some good times with them. You all you always show up and you always help them out and if they ever need a hand or whatever, you'll you'll give them a hand. But you're not joined at the hip, you just kinda you do your own things and you you know, you see each other ever so often. Yeah, that's I feel. That's I feel like Tony McAfee and Toriano. They just kind of see each other every nine months, have the same conversation. What you've been up to? Nothing I, much, man. Just I, I, uh, I feel like I may have. You know, I feel like I may have underestimated your um your levels of glee um and ex- and ecstasy when um when when uh, your boys team got the win, David. Because in my notes oh. it just says uh, it just says Yano Maccabi into Gucci win. This is David's Woodstock. His VE day. His Fourth of July. His thirty two county socialist republic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Taguchi was um so usually does a thing it's stable to called Taguchi Japan and it's like a football reference because the Japanese national football team is always called uh, the name of the manager and then the country. So if when Zico was manager it was Zico Japan, it was Zakaroni Japan, uh Trussier Japan back in the uh, two thousand two World Cup, Halcyon Days. Can't wait for Coldwell Japan. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> He'll destroy the country, he'll tear it apart them from Mourinho Japan. Japan. I've heard genuine rumours of Wenger Japan actually, which would be quite uh, oh, would be quite interesting. Come, come, Japan's greatest export, Arsenal Wenger. Oh, um, so yeah, and uh, actually, uh, Taguchi instead came out as a rugby player, complete with a rugby ball and sort of one of those little sort of um, caps that uh, rugby players <laughs> wear, but not like not like the actual ones they wear now, like a sort of leather one from the nineteen thirties. Did you see him? Did my, I've got a note on this as well because did you see Taguchi? It was literally inches, inches next to like the the guardrail of a fan and tried to pass them the rugby ball and literally missed. It would it was it was like it, it was a pass like that I could have made. And for some context, even though I'm from the northwest of England and like football is kind of the only sport in 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 my city where I'm from, um, like we, we do have like you know like rugby league, so we did have to play rugby in, on some level at school sometimes. And I was so bad at rugby league that um, I actually went on strike for the first time in my life because I wanted to play football instead. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm I'm terrible. But I could have made that pass that, uh, that uh, Taguchi messed up. So uh, yeah, bless him. He tried his best. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like his, He's been doing that sort of rugby shtick. He did it with ACH in the Super Junior Tag Tournament. Uh, and I love the shot. I really want the rugby shot. It looks so cool. <laughs> Like it's a great it's got shot. 69 on it, and I've, I've said this on um, on the Football is Pro Wrestling episode. Ryusuke Taguchi is a man in his early 40s. Yeah. He really is. And as the commentary said, I think it was Chris Charlton on commentary said, well, I know Yano and Taguchi like a drink. (laughs) (laughs) That's putting it mildly. Oh, by the way, can I just at this point ask you, you, you guys, you'll probably know this, um, and no disrespect to Chris Charlton, because I think he's a very good commentator, actually. Um, But um, what is his accent? Is it posh Scottish? No, he's from England. Really? He's definitely What's English. That? Has, he got, has, he got, has, he, has he got like a... Tr- See, no, he, he hams it up for the New Japan broadcast. Because I listen to his podcast a lot. Yeah, I have. And he does not sound like that. No, he hams it up a but lot. But see, I've always been New confused Japan. by the accent. Because uh, I, I wasn't sure if it was like really posh Scottish like, or if it was like just a kind of neutral transatlantic twang thing going on with his... like. Uh, it's, it's, it, like oh, I can't do it, but it's... yeah. Um, anyway, Chris, I'm fascinated by your accent. If you're listening, you're definitely not. I, I've, I, I've never actually heard him speak because I... I don't. I don't listen to the English commentary because there's always the risk that Lanny Poffo is going to turn up, talking <laughs> absolute shite, reciting poetry, pausing only to perform act of autofellatio. 
<laughs> yeah, getting get, getting armbarred and definitely not a work that cameras happen to be there for. Um, then that then gets posted on YouTube for the benefit of some like crappy wrestler, indie wrestlers like cred. <laughs> Do you, know it's, do you know what's really funny? The only time I've listened to the English commentary this year was when Lanny Poffel was on oh, it, because I knew it was an absolute disaster. And I was just I need to hear this. I, I, I can't abide the English commentary. I listened to the... Uh, they, they put the... What's it called? The the match from the Road to the Tokyo Dome show. You know, the Osprey, Tanahashi, Omega, Bushy match. That, that incredible tag match. They put that on YouTube, but with the English commentary, and I started it, and it came on, I was like, oh, shit. I have to say, yeah, I don't I think the commentary is that, that, as bad anymore. Um, I thought it was awful when they had JR doing it. Um, I thought that was appalling, no, I bad, think... actually. Remember, well, he I said think... Matt Stryker as well. Yeah, but I think Kevin Kelly's um, not, not so bad, actually. Kevin, Kevin Kelly's good, good yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Charlton's good, and I, I like Don Callis as well, actually, um, uh, on commentary. So I actually didn't mind. And also, because I've missed so much New Japan, I figured I'll have the English commentary, so yeah, it just catches yeah. me up with the angle because otherwise I might, you know what I mean. Like, so. Lanny Poffel was not the worst commentator this year. Did you hear the matches where Tomiaki Honma was in guest oh. commentary? <laughs> yeah, sending like an absolute cave troll. Like, yeah. I, you have to tap six mana to cast him. Like, it's just like, what do you think, John? <laughs> say the second magic at the gathering reference of the episode. <laughs> My God, like I, I, it is, it is literally unless I thought it was like, an, it, an early nineties episode of Coronation Street, and they were talking to Phyllis on it. Uh, but there you go. That's a deep uh, cut for anyone. God, uh, God, bless, God bless the man. I, yeah, I think the the, com- the English commentary is generally like pretty inoffensive, and honestly, I will take it because there's a lot of shit wrestling commentary out there. Yeah, yes, like that's... far more shit wrestling commentary than good, and that's not a criticism. Mostly of the people doing it because it's very, very hard to do well. Yeah, and especially on the indies or like new promotions that they're often not getting paid a huge amount, if at all, and they're doing it for the love of it. So, yeah, and it is difficult. I've tried to do it myself. It's hard. (laughs) So, um, as far as the match goes, um, Maccabi Anno and Taguchi won. I thought it was all right. Um, yeah, it was yeah, all right. I, I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> to to add. It went for twenty-seven minutes. Oh yeah. Only thing I've got to add uh, is that um, last time I think we spoke about Nagata. I could be wrong. That he was like, was he? Ma- I don't know if he would have been making his debut on on on, on a dome show, but he was um, um, he was very young. And this is twenty-five years um, um, afterwards now, and he's I think he's oh been... shit, he was on one of those UWFI shows, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah was and awesome. the, and he was great, and he was great in this match. Wrestling Sakuraba. Yeah. And the team with um the team with Jeff Cobb is is a great little team between a young a younger guy and an older veteran. I really like that. I'd like to see them do some more stuff together. I, I enjoyed the the sort of running thing of David Finley, who somehow st- I'm just looking at this somehow still doesn't have his own Wikipedia page. Uh, just uh, rolling people up, um, especially the one where Hangman Page, who I think is actually quite good, like he's quite decent, and uh, he sort of turned his back, um, thinking that uh his guy was doing the rolling up, and actually it was the other way around. So that was. That was good. Um, there was a decent amount of dad violence as well. Um, like yeah. um, there was Nagata and Suzuki uh, forearming each other. Goto and Suzuki forearming each other. Um, like it was, it. I think those guys were sort of. They seemed to be going through the motions a little bit. Like they certainly weren't doing the strike exchanges with the same intensity they would in, say, the G One. And to be honest, why should they? Because it's, it's the pre-show. Ah. <laughs> um, I- I, I stand by my uh, thoughts that this should just be a free-for-all. It shouldn't be a gauntlet. I like gauntlets. I actually enjoy gauntlet matches, but I think that if you're going to do this, just put all six teams in at once and just have an absolute torium on yeah, car crash yeah. of disaster of like, Yano kicking nine people in the stones and people diving all over the place. It's just, yeah, I, I kind of agree. 
Yeah, um, I and the, the finish was good because it was Yano and uh, yeah, like y- Yano is the master of the troll finish. So that 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 was good to see. Um, it I wouldn't say it was good particularly, but it sure did pass the time, and it was a nice buffer because some of the people I had round hadn't turned up yet. So this killed time until that happened. You see it what. You see, it wasn't that good. However, I did go to number one in my match of the year list by being de facto the only match I had watched <laughs> in 2019. I, cu- oh, I, I, I couldn't possibly put it on there even for that reason because it included the stupidest move in wrestling, which is um, um, Adam Page's shooting star headbutt, which always looks like he's messed it up. Oh, what is yeah. the point in that? You absolute oh, meth. Anyway, right? <laughs> I think we spoke for quite long enough about that match, to be honest. Yeah, I think we have. Let's get on with the uh, main card. So your opening contest... Um, uh, bafflingly, um, probably for the first time in recorded history, not the uh, multi-team uh, junior heavyweight uh, tag yes. title match. No, that no, that was second on the card. So we've got that to look forward to. But what yeah. we had for um, the never openweight title, uh, Kota Ibushi defending the belt against Will Ospreay. Now, whatever you think of this <laughs> style of wrestling, this was legitimately a sort of dream singles match. As far as I know, the first yeah. time ever. They faced off uh, on opposing sides in tag matches. Uh, before, notably, on the WWN, I think WWN Super Show on WrestleMania weekend back in 2017, and uh, in New Japan this year, there was a particularly good match. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but it's been very highly rated by people whose opinions I respect between the Golden Lovers and uh, Osprey and Ishii on the mm. other side. Yeah, like yeah, and the one with uh, Tanahashi as well is incredible. They're both unbelievable um, um, in yeah. this world that's without us even talking about some of the stuff that he's done outside of um, New Japan this year which has been very very good the the Walter match from OTT is phenomenally yeah. good I still haven't um, uh, I still haven't seen that but like I like OTT because it appears to be a better version both of Rev Pro and Progress oh yeah. yeah, I mean, OTT is my new jam for this year. I've got into it properly last year, and like, I'm, I've, I've subscribed and everything to their, to their, their, their thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's great. But yeah, um, Osprey's improved uh, for me personally. Osprey has actually improved a lot of this, the snatches of stuff I've seen of him this year. He doesn't have as much of that um, irritating um, um, kind of shtick that has, has, has taken me out of a lot of his matches before. So I was really looking forward to this because obviously I love Abushi. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. What do you guys think though? This is a strange strange match in my opinion not just for the finish but uh in other ways too i i really liked it i thought this was uh, very entertaining and it was a uh it was a particularly strong match to open because it i mean these guys are it might not be your kind of thing but the sort of uh high flying wrestling lots of high spots they're very very good at it they're very good at what they do yeah, really and are. in particular my friend who had had come round and had watched like a few WWE shows at ours. Uh, this was great to get her into the show mm. because it was completely unlike anything she'd ever seen. So if someone's new, not just to New Japan but to Pearl in general, then you know this. Uh, if if this match had a flaw, I think it was in setting a precedent that certain things on the card couldn't quite uh, live up to. <laughs> generally in um, uh, generally in big Japanese shows it tends to build gradually rather than having these peaks and troughs in terms of excitement. I mean, the example I always use is uh, Noah's debut at the Tokyo Dome. The opening match yeah. was uh, Mitsuo Momoto versus Haruka Aigen, who were both like 50 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I don't know. I found this was a bit of an odd one because um, I really liked it. Um, there was, And I don't know whether this is just coloured by the finish, which we'll get to, um, but I felt like this was building nicely... And I felt like um, 
it, it, it didn't quite get to a level that I thought it could have done. Um, which I know might sound odd to some people, but there was for me it was I can't really explain. There was a lot of this on this card where I felt like um, something was very good once I'd watched it, but I didn't really feel like I was feeling it on the same level as everyone else when I looked at the the reactions. But I do think the finish played into this a lot on this one. So yeah, I see. I, I watched this uh, probably in a, a couple of hours ago, just rewatching it. And the first time I watched it, I, I absolutely loved it. I really, really loved it. But even then, I was watching it. I was like, seems to be something missing from it. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know what it was, and I thought that like the pace was a bit weird, like because they start off with the. I think the problem was is that I think everyone had kind of built it on their head, and with, with the interactions and like the the tag matches they'd had before. It was kind of ba 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 ba, you know, doing all the cr- the mad flips and stuff like that. And I think people had get, they'd built it up, and the people had this idea in their head that it was just like it was going to be like that Osprey Ricochet match. Yeah, was I was going just going to say constant like. And I was know, I was glad it wasn't because I hated that match. Yeah, it, <laughs> so, oh, exactly. But yeah, I think every I think the idea was that people thought it was going to be like you know A to B to C to D to E to F mm, all along, and mm. they had this set out and like they would go and it was going to be crisp and flawless and all that. And there wasn't really going to be much wasted motion, and there was quite a bit. Of, there was a bit of you know moving about yeah. and stuff like that. And I think that kind of threw me at first because I I wasn't expecting it. The second time I watched it though, I really really enjoyed this and like. Like like you said, you know, you didn't like that Osprey Ricochet match. You, you enjoyed it for the fact that it wasn't that. Mm. And I think I kind of do as well. I, I loved that Osprey Ricochet match, but I, I enjoyed the way that they did this match. I thought there was a lot in it where they didn't just have mad shit for the whole thing. No, no. There was lots of mad shit in there, but there was stuff in there that kind of filled the gaps and gave you a little bit of an extra flavour. Yeah. was different from normal. I, and, I think, to be honest, yeah. I'm just I'm just disappointed that it ended when it did because I think that I, I feel like um, it was really building to something that I think would have been incredibly special. I mean, um, it, it did seem like... I mean, like, okay, let's talk about the finish. So, yeah, we, um, I think we have to, you know. We're tiptoeing so around here. the finish here, was... You know. uh, they both did a load of big moves to each other, as you would expect. It seems to be building nicely. And uh, Osprey hit a... Um, He's calling it the Hidden Blade because I don't know if you've noticed, he really likes Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so he basically runs up. Someone who likes video games naming their finishing moves after that. <laughs> yeah. and we'll any of that around here. Carry on. This is a, this is a uh, local promotion for local people. Yeah. Um, so basically, he just runs up and absolutely uh, twats Ibushi like, with a sort of. Guess the only way to describe it is a swipe. You know what I mean. <laughs> a swipe makes it sound a little less, uh, you know, like a full on than I actually think it, it was. Pretty, um, like it, it, it looked hard and vicious. Yeah, it, it twatted him. He really did. did he, and he apparently, <laughs> Ibushi did get legitimately knocked out from. Well, uh, absolutely. I mean, I was really no. like at the, at the, at the, when it finished. I was genuinely in the kind of am I being worked into a work shoot 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 work brother mode. <laughs> yeah. um, like because I, I I it was only when they got the stretcher out. And I thought, mm, like, that's quite in quite bad taste if they're putting him in that. And it, but you know, it's wrestling; they didn't put it beyond them. But yeah, that um, that that move um, looked nasty. Um, and also, before that, Ibushi already had his nose busted from something. Um, I don't know what that was from. It was one of those things where, like, someone starts bleeding, and you're like, "This could have been any of like five moves." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you don't think see there was anything... which one it was. It's like, oh, yeah. there's blood now. 
I think, yeah, it was just that he, either Osprey hit a move on him or, or Ibushi hit a move on Osprey, and then when he came back up, he looked like he busted his nose. So it made it look even worse because of that. Also, the kick that Osprey um, um, delivered to him, that, that kind of inverse, um, kind of like a, um, a, a kick thing that, that he does, where he sort of steps um, in, inside to kick um, yes. instead and like curls round. That looked like it hit him quite hard as well. Um, to the point that I did actually kind of think, um, like, as that was happening, like, whoa, Osprey, like, he, I think he's either incredibly excited to be at the Dome and he's really pumped and he's, like, maybe laying in a little bit too much here, um, you know, um, or, or I was like, maybe he's just, Ibushi's just pissed him off somehow, but I don't think that's the case because they seem to get on quite well and, like, he's, by all accounts, Ibushi's, like, one of Osprey's wrestling heroes, so... Yeah, um, but I did think that was a bit much, and I, I also felt really uncomfortable. Like, um, I, I know it's like kind of what do you do in that situation, but I did feel really uncomfortable with essentially dead weight Ibushi um, being um, be, being pulled up for that one last finisher. When, when that happened, I was like, "Whoa, I mean, mate!" It's a, it's a very convoluted-looking hard impact yeah. move as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I called it. Is it the Stormbreaker? The Stormbreaker. They called it? Is mm. that Alex? Is that an Alex Ryder uh, book? Uh, uh, yes, there is a book I called Stormbreaker. So. I don't know is who it, it's is, by. Doesn't Johnny Storm? Hasn't his uh, finisher move called the Stormbreaker? As I, well? I assume oh, it isn't. Be. I assume it isn't that move. But no, it, it was just odd because the way that the, the way it sort of finished then, and um, I don't know, it maybe put a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth, I guess, about the match because um, obviously, you know, like um, I, we all watch um, incredibly violent-looking stuff. Often, we see wrestlers put themselves in ridiculous situations. I've, I've been watching a lot of Nick Gage death matches recently, for God's sake. But at the same time, even though we do watch it, and we we can be hip- hypocritical and say, you know, when it does, when something bad does happen like that. You do, it does take you out of the moment. You do feel bad because from that moment on, I was just thinking, is Ibushi all right? Especially after the stuff that's happened with other wrestlers in NJ, NJPW over the last few years. you know. I mean, you said you felt it had sort of ended a bit abruptly, but I, I get the feeling that that was actually the... That strike was going to be the penultimate move of the match anyway. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. that, that's not something we'd seen out of Osprey. It was like one of those things where you debut a new move as a sort of not as a new finisher but as a setup yeah so, yeah you know yeah. You, you see that trope quite a bit so i i i don't think they went home early no um, no but in that case in that case it's maybe just a combination of the the, the injury and me kind of just wanting it to go longer. No, there's no doubt he was because i was like after you know? the uh yeah. after the match um yeah. it, i think it was maybe just fortuitous in a way that um they only had one more move to do that yeah they planned out that's yeah. the impression i got anyway yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, I agree. I think maybe now, now as I'm thinking about it, it was just like, yeah, I was enjoying it. I kind of wanted it more. <laughs> I wanted it to go on longer, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, fair. But no, I, I really, really enjoyed this. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, this is my joint match of night. So, wow, okay, I yeah, cool. This. I uh, really pro- loved this. Probably mine too, actually. Let's see if yeah. the uh, the next match can top it. So, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, so I think we should. I, I don't think we need to waste quite. Not waste. But I don't think we need to use up quite as much time on the next uh, on the next match, folks. <laughs> so. This podcast is never a waste of time. I will not hear such slander. No, 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 no. Of course not. So this was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship three-way match: the Suzuki Gun team of Yoshinobu Kanemaru and El Desperado versus Rapongi 3K of Sho and Yo, accompanied by Rocky Romero, versus Los Ingobernables de Japón, represented by Bushi and Shingo Takagi. Yeah, Shingo! Hey! I, I, I mean, if this match served a purpose, and it didn't, but if it did, it was <laughs> as a uh, as something of a showcase for Shingo's it, talent. It was. Who, which we covered in a 
very small amount of detail on the uh, the Christmas episode um, interspersed with about a thousand camera cuts and edits, but uh, he was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and El Desperado has given me a hug once, so like I like that about him. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think Shingo is an absolutely fantastic uh, uh, wrestler, a great worker. Um, I've been following his career for um, you know for a long time now, um, throughout Dragon Gate stuff like that. Um, just a really, really, really good wrestler, and a lot of people for so long have been saying, you know, oh well, you know, we like Dragon Gate, but like, would it be great to see Shingo just get a push in one of the other promotions? Um, I was watching him in the Champions Carnival in All Japan this year. He had some great matches, oh, great match yeah, with Ishikawa. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and some other matches, so I was really hyped to, to, to see it, because I hadn't seen what they'd done with him in New Japan yet, so this was really cool for me. I mean, if you wanted to know what they've done with him in New Japan, it's basically, he's a, he's a guy, guy <laughs> who's in the heavyweight division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, would, uh, I, I will give him a modicum of credit, though, because uh, there was a match on the, I think it was on that Road to Tokyo show again, or no, or was it maybe the World Tag League final, I can't remember, but they had a Shingo Takagi versus Shota Umino singles match. Mm. And oh. it was basically, it was like it was basically the the Shingo Takagi Dragon Gate title match formula. I remember when he had that run with the Dragon Gate title, he had a lot of the great yeah. matches and the big bully because obviously he's bigger than yeah. pretty much everyone yeah. else in Dragon Gate. Um, they basically replicated that into like a ten eleven minute match, if that, against Shota Umino, and it, it was incredible. It was really really good. I would really urge people to sh- seek it out because it's such a good match. Like obviously it's not your it's not you know your five-star match of year contender or anything like that, but for a young line and a guy who's, you know, stuck in the junior tag division, you know, to be able to do something like that, it's really, really good. I think a lot of the disappointment with uh, Takagi in New Japan, or certainly as I've been perceiving it, isn't to do with his work, because his work's been uh, very good and he was the standout in this match. It's more due to the fact that... Because I'm not being funny, if Zack Sabre Jr. is a heavyweight, and I love Zack Sabre Jr., but if he's a heavyweight, then Takagi can be as well. Um, but I, I do, I do not feel like he's. They're maybe just doing this thing that they did with like, um, with like the likes of Omega when when he came in and stuff. Where and um, you know Devitt as well. Where a bit yeah. different. De- Devitt, it took a lot of time. But with Omega, they they just slingshotted him more or less straight out of the junior yeah. division after a while. Okay, okay, I I take your point. I think the other the other part of the disappointment is the junior division is pretty moribund and has yeah. been for uh, has been for a while. So yeah, I, I, I don't really care much about the junior division really. I, I get it. I get the feeling that he will be punted up to the heavyweight once yeah. um, the once Roma gets better. I'm very happy for him to stick in the junior heavyweights until after the best of the super juniors because I really want nine Shingo Takagi uh, yeah. single matches uh, oh, against yes, the juniors. I think that will be great. So yeah, after the best of super juniors, you know, you you do you hen. Uh, you know, you can <laughs> go up to the heavyweights if you want. Yeah. But, Give me my give me my super juniors run first. I think I, I think that's what's going to happen. To be honest, from yeah, the, from the way they presented know, them definitely. in this match. So um, yeah, yeah. But the match itself was pretty much it was not no 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 great shakes. Just a lot of Shingo doing a lot of cool stuff. That was it. I enjoyed uh, Show and Joe uh, cosplaying as the tokens from the Crystal Dome. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> Very nineties gear. Very yeah, 90s. yeah, it was yeah. V- appropriate though, you know like. They're, they're, they're young kids, you know. They're, they're trying to recapture it's like, hey, do you remember the 90s when the New Japan Junior Heavyweight Division was good? Yeah. <laughs> for what it's worth for this match, I always enjoy multi-man tags. I think they're just daft running about, you know, people doing moves and, you know, kind of doing run-ins and stuff like that. And Shingo Takagi has spent, what, a decade of his life 
and Darth Mumpty Man, so people running about, yeah. Them away yeah, if anyone knows how to do them, it's, it's this is him. the date for he, him. Yeah, yeah. He, is, he is the breaker of armies. He just, you know, he'll just wipe out whoever comes in front, and he can kind of take on multiple threats and all that. So, yeah, it was definitely a showcase for him. I thought it was really good, but the, yeah, it, I mean, it got my match of year list. I think it's eighth, sorry, because I think I put it like my seventh favourite match on this show, so hmm. you know, not the best, but you know. Hmm. I, I, I do have another piercing, incisive um, and deeply um, deeply analytical comment to make about this match, which is that Kanemaru came out looking like um, he was in a promo video for one of those um, you know, those, those videos that David Brent made um, in storyline after he leaves the office. Um, or Beppe DeMarco from EastEnders. Um, oh my god, he does. Take your pick. Um, you know, so uh, other than that, I've got nothing to say about the rest of the match. <laughs> I was going to say Michael Greco. That was the actor's that, name, was that? No, that? that's correct, yeah. Not to be confused with Greco Carl Greco. The, yeah, 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 that not, was it, Carl Greco. Yeah, not yeah, to be yeah. confused with Carl Greco, the excellent catch wrestler. Um, right. uh, I have a very, very, very niche reference. I don't even know if people listening to this will know this. Uh, as a wrestling reference, but when I was, uh, as a kid, I got... Uh, do you remember when EC, uh, Poundland started selling ECW tapes? Do you remember this? <laughs> no. No. Right, the, the uh, Poundland and Clyde Bank once get a shipment in of like ECW VHS tapes, like tons of them, and I bought them all. Oh, nice. And it was just random shows. It wasn't even good shows. It was like random shows like Cyber Slam '96 and all <laughs> that. Just, but uh, there was a guy on it called Spiros Greco, the Greek Adonis. <laughs> It was just this yeah. muscle man in the like Greek flag trunks, Incredible. and he would just come and he just like, and he was like, "I'm going to be like ECW champion." Obviously, everyone in the ECW arena just hated him, yeah. and they were just like, "No," and he couldn't wrestle at all. But I always just remember Speedos Greco. <laughs> this, that, that's a very like once. 1960s Australian wrestling name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, just to clarify, yeah, it was they, they did call him Karmalenko um, when he was um, uh, working in some places in Japan because uh, uh, he, okay. he was he was trained by the Malenkos, uh, Boris and um, oh. and Joe. Uh, it also says here that he was in the AJPW Champions Carnival in 2003, which I don't remember, but I've seen some matches they, from that. They but... were really fucking. Um, was I think the 2003 um, Champions Carnival was the one that had a a 30 minute draw between Bart Gunn and Mike Rotundo. Oh wow! Jesus. Good. <laughs> I I perversely want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought under um under um Van, he fought Vandalay Silver um as well um in um, in, 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 in Pride. Um, he uh, lost, I assume. He yeah he he, he did lose yeah. <laughs> um, but but I mean um yeah legit um if you want, go back and watch some um of uh, uh Carl Greco uh, Carmelenko matches um he worked for Battle Arts uh, PWFG um yeah um really really good um um shoot style worker actually. Yeah, awesome. Um, the other the thing I'm going to say about this match just quickly is I'm quite glad they've got the belts off Kanemaru and Desperado because their reign, they didn't really do much for me as a team. I think Desperado's good. Kanemaru is... He's always, even at his peak, he's always kind of been just there. Like, even as like yeah. six-time GHC junior heavyweight champion. Was, yeah, decent run with a few matches against um, uh, Kenta back in the day. That I, the I Liger one at the Dome's really good. Yeah, but yeah. He's that was like dickhead Kanemaru, Liger. Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, anyway. what more can you say? Yeah, isn't Kanemaru's? Uh, I could be totally yeah, constrain this wrong. Isn't Kanemaru's like gimmick that he's an alcoholic? Yeah, it seems to be. And he just drinks whiskey like before matches and stuff like that, and he's just always hungover. He's the sa- that, he's that, the Sandman. Right. His gimmick is that he's the Sandman. <laughs> 
Right. And he too greatly appreciates it, appreciates the work the work of Jaguar Yakata. <laughs> what what I always liked is uh, uh, Beat me to it. Um, Orange Cassidy in Chikara, who like yeah. Chikara being a family friendly show. So o- Orange Cassidy's gimmick was basically yeah. it is very very heavily implied he is hungover, but they never say from yeah. what. <laughs> yeah. Um, oranges. <laughs> he's just he's he didn't see many oranges. He shitted himself after death. <laughs> oh god um yeah so um next fiber at the wazoo the uh... yeah kari hojo gave him scurvy from one of her voyages so he has to eat loads of citrus <laughs> i was gonna say kari hojo can give me scurvy anytime <laughs> mate I don't, think, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think you contract scurvy that way, George. I, yeah, I was going to say, definitely not a transmittable disease. But, I uh, could be wrong. Um, you'd uh, give it a go anyway. You'd take one for the team, wouldn't you? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, welcome back to Nuts TV. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next up, it's Topless Darts. Um, <laughs> With Andy Forden. <laughs> Better than Andy Quilden. And next! Speak, speaking, yeah, speaking of Andy Quilden, very good <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is the next match. Yeah, it is incredible scenes. What is so the fruits of the um, RevPro New Japan business relationship have never been more evident here. When the belt was simply referred to as the British Heavyweight Championship, and the name of the company was nowhere to be found unless you squinted at the belt plate. Quilden getting a payday with his Letitia-sized ass in in his suit. Uh, um... Fred Corden getting a payday. Chris Roberts gets flown over to referee one match. Honestly, though, big up Chris Roberts. That is amazing scenes. Like, seeing Chris Roberts just, like, refereeing at the dome. Chris Roberts was in one of my matches of the year in 2017. Yeah, there you go. As in wrestling in it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, genuinely, um, what a great... He must have felt fantastic. That's got to be a lifetime achievement, uh, like, sort of lifetime goal that he's just achieved. I feel great for him. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, you'll absolutely tell Everett. You'll you'll remember that as a deathbed memory. Yeah, you know. And by all accounts, I've never met him personally but everyone that has met him has, has told me that he seemed like a really nice guy so that's really cool yeah fair play to him like do his job yeah that, that was the thing like i remember there was a period which he might have dialed it back a bit now but i remember he, like every brit rest show i went to oh. he was refereeing on it and it got yeah. to the point where there was some pro wrestling eve shows where the crowd were shouting do your job roberts at like a different ref yeah. just because like in the same way that uh, vidkan quizling's name became a byword <laughs> for traitors so too would Chris Roberts become uh, a byword for kayfabe incompetent and so those yeah. incompetent refereeing. Yeah. So fair play to the guy. Yeah, good on I him. mean, if you if you um, there's a bit like halfway through this match where like the the the, the commentary goes quiet for a minute. This is in the Japanese feed, but you can just hear in the background. Anata no Shigoto Ishinasai Robatsu. I Google Translate do your job, Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like that. Fair play. I was um, deeply confused then for a second. Uh, should uh, probably probably say who was in this match. So, um, uh, Tomohiro Ishii was defending the uh, British Heavyweight Championship against... Against uh, your UK Undertaker. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> against uh, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Big Daddy Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so but basically it's um the last three uh british heavyweight championships have been uh japanese ishii won it from suzuki who won it from ishii who i believe won it from zach so this was yeah, sort of won uh, it from shibata so this is kind of uh squaring the circle um zach accompanied by uh takamichi noku who has been in the news recently for being a bit of a naughty boy um in terms of uh cheating on his missus yeah 
Um, that actually led to probably my, one of my favourite tweets of last year was because um, his punishment is uh, he's not shaved his head, which is uh, mm. in Japan is something that is traditionally uh, done to show contrition and uh, and penance. Uh, instead, he is apparently working for a year without pay. He's doing a Tommy Sheridan. <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, more than one. I, I mean, I'm, I, um, you know, I'm, I hope he's got some savings squirreled away. He probably has. Um, yeah. But it, it led to my favourite tweet, which was because this doesn't just apply to uh, New Japan, but to all uh, wrestling companies. So someone just tweeted, and I won't be making any money from K-Dojo either. Yes, we know, Taka, but what about your punishment? <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Poor Taka. <laughs> so Imagine little, uh... if somebody in TNA did that. Your punishment is you're not going to get paid for a year. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. What, what are you punishing me? <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to say yeah, your punishment I'll, I'll, yeah. would be to win their world heavyweight championship. Yeah. Uh, you'd be like, you'd be like, yeah, I'll just settle for being paid for the last two months, please. Like, that'd be, like, just honestly. <laughs> it wasn't there some. Was it not somebody in TNA who had a side job in the waltzers at Universal Studios? I'm not even making a joke no. there. I'm pretty sure that was a thing. Probably. Probably. It was something like the X Division. They they done the waltzers. I'm sure it wasn't the waltzers because you know it's a Florida theme park. But you know what I mean something like yeah. that. Yeah. The teacups. Some sort of Iron Brew carnival job. Yeah, something the, like that. He 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 doled out the uh, the fishes in pla- the goldfishes in plastic bags for people that won on Hook a Duck. The so did this match I. Thought it was good. Uh, I, it was. I, I think they were in the same way that I think Ishii and Osprey weren't going all out, even though like they probably could because that's not their place on the card to do so. This isn't. Uh, it's probably not in the top. Certainly, I think I've seen at least two Sabre Ishii matches, which uh, I thought were better and uh, probably more. It sort of eludes me at the time. But as a sort of uh, ten, twelve minute uh, mid card match. I thought this was uh, it, this was good. Uh, there was some nice map wrestling. Finish was very much out of nowhere. Yeah, this this really did answer the question: How do you submit a bollard? <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, does that's... one go about making a barrel say uncle? <laughs> I I told my friend who'd never watched New Japan before that like like get a load of this guy. He has no neck, and she didn't believe <laughs> it. And she came out and she was like, "My God, he literally has no neck." I think it's because he'd been earlier in the year been using uh, a wonderfully named move uh, orienteering with napalm death as yeah. his finish, and this was not that. What's um, that from? What's the reference? Is that from Pe- Pe- it, no, it, Peep? Show? No, no, it's Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee, that's right. Yeah. Specifically, I think forty. Of no, it's uh, if you prefer a milder comedian, please ask for one. It's from that. Yeah, set. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I. I don't really have a huge amount to say about this. Uh, particularly, uh, yeah. it's like you you picture it, a saber ishi match. Um, Sort of a level below what they usually do. This was that, but I thought it. Was, I actually thought yeah. it was fine. I mean, I thought. Into, I actually, I've said this a lot on the podcast before that um, this bizarre sort of perverse thing that I've got about actually sometimes preferring a three star match to a five star one these days oh, because yeah. Of, yeah. because of what a five star match entails these days to be considered in general yeah. by the most people a five star match. Um, I actually really enjoyed this very basic story being told: submission artist versus guy that strikes a lot and has got a lot of impact and is yeah you know unbreakable. Um, and um, like a lot of Zach stuff I've seen um, in New Japan this year, I know not everyone's been as up on him um, um, in the recent year as I have. Um, I always enjoy his matches uh, because he just brings something a little bit different, um, just like in his um, much more intense and obviously uh, better matches he had this year with Sanada and um, Okada. Um, it's just something a little bit different to seeing like Ishii just laying it in and doing the, the usual strike exchange um, uh, stuff and, and all that. And I, I did enjoy it, actually. I like this match. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, myself, I mean, I'd like to get the the flashback harps out to flashback <laughs> to last year's episode of Wrestle Kingdom. 
I'm, I'm going to get to the elephant in the room here, right? I'm going to list a couple of names to you. Tomohiro Ishii, Zack yes. Sabre Jr., Jushin Liger, Yuji Nagata, Raisuke Taguchi. None of these people had a fucking singles match at the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> yeah. Cody fucking Rhodes, though, he just swans in for his fucking third appearance of the year. And he's like, mate, I want a singles match at the Tokyo Dome. Fuck, get him in the fucking Never Gauntlet. Yeah. Just not fast forward for him. And then fast forward a year, they get a singles match. I fucking loved this match. Absolutely adored it. Uh, you know how I, I, I said that Osprey Abushi was my joint joint match in the night? This is my other joint match in the night. I fucking loved it. Nice. I thought it was so good. Yeah, And I know good. that they've had other matches that were really, really good as well. It's just, as you said, Zack Sabre Jr. brings something so different. Nobody else does what he does. Ishii is the same. And Ishii, in this match as well, I felt he, he was doing stuff that you know, it's kind of in his wheelhouse, but he's not busting it out all the time. I think uh, there was just, like, sort of flashes and, like, uh, of stuff that you could mm. really see that he was in- enjoying, uh, clearly enjoys working yeah. with. Yeah, well, I remember uh, the um, Ishii, when uh, Naito was IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Ishii challenged him and, like, did a load of, like, technical stuff in that match, and he's he's good at it. But, like, this mm. match is a sort of... these The chemistry these two guys have together, like I say, I'm not as high on the match as you guys, but they, they undeniably have chemistry. And that just shows that like, when two people are incredibly good at their jobs, they can wrestle two completely contrasting styles and just mesh together really well. Mm, mm, absolutely, yeah. Um, but no, um, up until this point, um, outside of um, the opening match, I thought this was, um, up until actually quite a bit later on on the card, I thought this was the best match um, um, other than that. So, yeah. Um, well, um, I, I assume not challenging it for a match of the uh, night honours coming up next is, uh, hey, you liked a uh, three-way uh, tag match for some belts that no one cares about? Well, here's another one. We have got the uh, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tangaloa, uh, defending the IWGP Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and the now two years in a row New Japan Tag League winners, uh, Sonada and Evil, representing Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yeah, the, the build for this was fucking weird because of that. Uh, the belt okay. was terrible. Well, it's like, okay, it's the tag team title match at Wrestle Kingdom, so you know what's going to happen. It's going to get about eight or nine minutes. The tag league winners are going to challenge the tag champions who they beat in the tag league to win the tag league, and that's what it's been like the last few years. But, like, the Young Bucks sort of, sort of insinuating themselves into the... Tag title match, like the killer insinuates himself into an investigation in an episode of Criminal Minds, uh, didn't particularly sit well with me. But then nothing about the books does very much nowadays, so... <laughs> now, this, this might shock you. Like, I, I know I really enjoyed the last match. I fucking loved this match as well. I, I, I really, really enjoyed. I them. don't know why, but for a sneaky, I had a, so I had a sneaky suspicion that this, that, that this might be a bit more popular amongst us than, um, than, than I thought it might be. Um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't hate this, and I wasn't massively emotionally invested in it, but I did enjoy it more than I thought I would. So I might yeah, be on when, a similar when I, page. When I say I'm not challenging for match of the night honors, that didn't necessarily mean that I thought it wasn't good. I, I was entertained by this, and I thought it was quite a way superior to the three way for the junior tag championships yeah. which i would not usually say about the 
the tag matches on Wrestle Kingdom. No, yeah, I quite enjoyed this as well. It 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 had a kind of feeling of being a bit a bit messy about it, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, a little bit kind of um, all over the place, but not in a bad way. I don't think, considering how poised some of the stuff in the match before had, had, had been, you know. Obviously, the bane of your lives, Young Bucks, Daniel. Um, they've they've got they've got a lot better this year. I'm sure they have. They, they have. <laughs> and like, I just don't watch them. <laughs> no, I sh- no, no, I, wa- no, I, I, I watched the, the Golden uh, Lovers match. Um, hate, yeah. hated it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. Um, but no, like I, I felt that like they they they've done they've changed our game this year. New Japan, not other places, not so much, but in New Japan, they they've kind of. They've changed the style of match that they have, and these sort of matches are always in their wheelhouse. So when I was going into, it, I was at like, the Young Bucks. They, they they know how to build a match like this. They can do something like this, and it will be all right. But I went in, and honestly, I really really enjoyed this. I thought this is this far exceeded my expectations in terms of what I was getting. It, it, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what I was just said. It was just it was a bit messy, and like I I didn't think I'd say that about anything involving Tamatonga. Or the Gorillas of Destiny, because I just fucking despise the Gorillas of Destiny at this point. I don't want to watch anything with them in it. I've got absolutely no yeah. feelings towards them whatsoever, just like, yeah. I was starting to quite like them before the, the firing squad thing, and then like, no, no it's gone. You, you had it, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that was, um, that was uh, I, I guess that was kind of um, um, a surprise there. Only other point that I had was that Jado looks a bit like Carl Anderson when his face is painted. Um, and that <laughs> I, found, I, I found that very confusing because I didn't know that Jado was with these guys. Uh, and when, uh, you know, and obviously I haven't been watching Raw for, um, you know, um, what seems like a millennia now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. Um, J- Jado's body paint, but Sonada's beard. Yeah, I know, right? Sonada-san, yeah. like, just as a, I guess, uh, public service... Like, the beard's got to go, man. Yeah, it it is um it, it is a little bit um it reminded me of someone that I can't really um, I can't remember but I can't remember who it was. Was Possibly it every member of ZZ Top? I'm not sure. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But David, before before you you mentioned that you were kind of um um that you were surprised at how much um this match uh, kind of kind of delivered because uh, it, it sort of surpassed your expectations. Um. Just to segue into the next match that we've got coming up, um, I'd like to give you an opinion from the other end of the scale um, um, of the. Oh, I was just going to say before we get get to that that because um, <laughs> yeah, I've got opinions on this match. I was going to say let's sort of put the the nail in the Young Bucks run. In Gladly, New Japan. New Japan. <laughs> I'll do it personally. Was, I think this match was quite uh, representative of what they've been in New Japan in that. Uh, I think they excel particularly in matches such as this where I forget which, I think it might be Nick who's the one who apparently has a great mind for putting these kind of matches together and mm, making all the pieces uh, fit into place. Apologies if it's the, the other one. I'd like you fucking listening. But um, the um, the problem with the Young Bucks uh, this year is they've had, I, I liked the match with Golden Lovers much more than, uh, Daniel, though I think that you easily could have shaved ten minutes off. Not that that's uh, unique amongst new, big New Japan matches, but um, they the spot fest stuff. There always seems to be a little thing missing when it's two on two, and I think maybe at its core, it's just there needs to be more people. <laughs> but um, the other thing they've been doing, and I think uh, against Rapongi three K, they had the um, match uh, where they were like, "Oh, we're going to show that." Um, we're not just flippy shit. We're going to do like proper old school Southern psychology. And I was like, oh, it's, it's worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I, actually... I mean, it really needs to get that back scene too. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's been a year. 
Every match, every I match, is hard. you'd think you'd take a bit of time. Go, go see like a chiropractor or like you know get that 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 stone that hot. Get, get Doctor Homer's patented spino cylinder. Um, <laughs> the thing is, uh, uh, yeah, I think actually, if I listen back to the um, Wrestle Kingdom episode, uh, like I think I probably did like that match. But the thing is, yeah, it's a, a good want for a novelty to see the young books doing that kind of match. But fuck me, you do not see it, need to see it multiple times across a year. Lord no. <laughs> Um, actually, just before we get into the uh, the next match, because we've got some spicy take, I would like to make possibly the first apology issued in the history of the Puri Puri podcast. Uh oh, who've we libeled? Oh no 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 no! I mean, no, I wouldn't apologise for libel. Fuck's sake! Uh, <laughs> I was going to say right. <laughs> the, um, I, I once worked on a magazine whose uh, tagline was "It's not slander if it's true." So, uh... <laughs> and that magazine was the Digger. <laughs> <laughs> It's, niche uh, it's, joke that literally only Scottish wrestling fans are going to get and probably even then only ones from Glasgow l- luckily that's our principal uh, uh, listenership so uh, yeah, 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 no, the, the apology I want to make is uh, uh, more of an erratum really which was uh, uh, sort of brought up to be my our good friend at Mr Richard Miller on Twitter so in the Christmas episode I uh, made an incorrect Terry Pratchett reference now I've read 17 of the man's novels so um, this is I've met him have you? wow that's cool yeah. Yeah, I love Terry Pratchett. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, Terry Pratchett, like great writer, seemed yeah. like a really sound bloke. Yeah, um, fantastic. But uh, I've unfortunately uh, failed both him and his immortal memory in that uh, I made a reference to a character called Carter Dunn, who was the uh, the guy I mentioned, who was the um, the murderer who had like five knives on him, and every time <laughs> you think you've disarmed him, he just brings another knife out. So I mentioned that he was in the novel uh, Thief of Time, which I realise now was incorrect. I'm very sorry for this. Um, the reason I got mixed up is because uh, the novel he's actually in has a sort of time travel plot to it, uh, from what I can remember. And so the novel he is actually in, which I can say with about 85-90% certainty, because I haven't bothered to look it up, is, I think, Nightwatch. Please and... at us at Mr. Richard Miller if I fucked it up a second time, and I will make another attempt on the next episode. <laughs> And the, the the important thing is that this sets the tone going forward for this year. So just so as everyone is completely aware, if we ever accuse um, any wrestlers of murder, um, or if we accuse any former posters on forums of being um, fascist chills, um, then um, what we're actually going to do is not apologise for those terribly slanderous statements, but we will apologise if we get him the, uh, a minor reference to a Terry Pratchett fictional character wrong. So, and I, for one, am completely on board with that morally. So <laughs> yes, all, all five hundred and thirty-nine of our followers have the right of reply. Yep, absolutely. With, That's uh, vast. Whether we will listen is the other, uh, is another issue. Yeah, I'm probably working on about 30, well, 30 at the moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm still pissed off. We have five hundred and thirty-nine followers, seeing as that tweet is at what seven hundred likes now. Uh, it's yeah. over eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like we get a viral tweet every two years, roughly around the time of Wrestle Kingdom. Because if you remember the uh, the Tesco mm. one. Um, Basically, this is what happens when uh, Matthew retweets you and he has close to six figures of followers. Yeah. And for a couple of days, it was very much RIP our notifications. But yeah. uh, thank yeah. you, Matthew, and none God of bless. Them fucking, none of them fucking following us, though, did they? Well, so, some of them did. I think it's probably because they've seen the rest of our content. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah <laughs> um, sure, fair enough. But I, I, said, I said on my Facebook pages, like, the... Um, the uh, I, I should have known that the, uh, the first tweet of mine to go properly viral would have been a uh, wrestling-related Simpsons meme. Yeah, that pretty much sums um, all, all of our interests up, to be honest. In one yeah, very much. So, uh, yes, uh, so housekeeping, um, uh, I've tried to stretch out the housekeeping as much as I uh, possibly could um, in order to stave off talking about 
the following match for the IWGP United States Championship. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Cody, no last name, defending... Wait, 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 wait. Is this the next match? Oh, yeah. Oh! Okay, okay. Well, scratch everything. I, th- I, I must have just been so bored by this that I didn't make any notes because I've got... The next match I've got uh, to be talking about is um, the um, Junior Heavyweight uh, title match. All right, no, this is in between. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have any opinions on this. I don't care. <laughs> you guys. I go. mean, I have some opinions on it. All of them are negative. So, yeah. um... <laughs> I mean, I, I think it says a lot about this match that you told me an hour, like an hour and a half ago that this match happened two years ago and I went, did it? <laughs> okay, no, actually, no, I've got one positive thing, thing to say about it and that is Juice Robinson's entrance gear. No, no, he looks a fucking state. <laughs> no, no, I know, that's why it's good. <laughs> I fu- I fucking hate just Robinson. I hate I hate everything about him. I hate the fact that his name probably isn't a pun in diluting juice, and it should be a pun in diluting juice. And I, I fucking hate everything about him. And people are like, oh, you know, Juice Robinson's really improved with Flash. He hasn't. He's still shit. He's still terrible. He's like, st- I hate him. He still looks so much. He still looks like the guy that would come up to you at like a Glasgow house party in like the early two thousands, like um, wobbling in the the unstraightest of lines, least straightest of lines you've ever seen in your life, with a, a small crystal in his pocket, and he would sort of stand there for a few moments, hold it kind of under your nose, and then just sort of go. Do you want a bump of Kitterman? Uh, and, that, and, that, and that would be it. And then he'd tell you about his band that does like Jay Diller covers on sitars. Um, and you'd be like, right, this is shite. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, okay. So not not no takers on the uh, on the my praise for the. Uh, actually, I I will say this because the the um, the vibe that the people I was watching it got from it was very much Willy Wonka, and this led me to think that in the book. Willy Wonka is a sort of whimsical figure of fun. There have been two movie adaptations and they've both portrayed him as an off-putting weirdo and in one of them it is very heavily implied that he nonces up children. <laughs> well, yeah, true that. Like... <laughs> but which one? <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun game. Um, yeah, so um, he'll show you his great glass elevator. I'm sure he will. Jesus, this 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 level of chat is indicative of uh, the uh, of, of how much we care about this match. By the way, oh god, like I mean, uh, to be fair, if it did turn out that just Robinson they did imply that he was a nonce, at least Kenny Omega will become an all elite wrestler. So <laughs> yeah, work. he'll have a place to go. You know, very uh, very good. Um, unblock as you coward. I did yeah. chat that at the TV when he came out for the main. Actually, people were most confused. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, basically uh, this match. Uh, the problem, okay, Cody Rhodes. I do have some time for purely, not really for his wrestling or anything about him, but like purely <laughs> based on dog, isn't it? <laughs> purely based on the fact that he left the Fed when he could have had quite a comfortable living as a mid carder for a number of years, and yep. thought, you know what, I'm not rising above this level. Better on himself, and he's doing much better now. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. mean to say I want to watch his matches, especially, or really am going to take much interest in uh, all elite wrestling, but. Fair play to him on that score. And Juice Robinson, again, similarly, uh, he was like a 25-year-old guy in NXT. Uh, he wasn't really going anywhere, so he said, all right, I'm going to see if I can make it in Japan. And again, if, if you don't like his wrestling, fair enough, but he is over and he is like he yeah. is popular. Having said that, the layout of this match was fucking shit. Oh, Lord. 
I, I, I'm going to be fully honest with you. I don't know what the layout of this match was. I, I don't remember a single thing about okay, this so there's, at all. There are two things I thought about this match uh, that were sort of puzzling, to say the least. And the first one was uh, uh, Brandy Rhodes coming in the ring and giving uh, Juice Robinson the spear. Still look better than Edge's spear, but um, the thing is, and I'm not opposed to women inflicting physical violence on men in wrestling or indeed in real life. You know, there are several men I can think of who deserve to be set upon by a gaggle of uh, angry women. But um, I mean, we are pigs. It's just a yeah, fact. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not been, there's no precedent for Brandy being an ass kicker in uh, New Japan. So, you know, it. You wanted that... a women's division, George. <laughs> when you say you wanted a women's division. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so that was weird. And the other one was the, um, the finisher stealing, which I think is good in a big match when it's kind of like Rock Austin at WrestleMania 17. You know, it's a desperation move. And I don't think it was needed um, in this fairly insignificant match firstly for those reasons and secondly because they went to that trope in the main event and it lessened the impact of that oh, i was just gonna say that yeah um it was quite nothingy i think it was the worst match on the show um what it was was a i guess an example of the kind of americanization uh that we don't really want to see in new japan or i think we as like uh, you know three guys uh who, who like have varying degrees of interest in New Japan, but like lots of shenanigans, not particularly good ones, a weird layout. It didn't seem like it was paced particularly well. And it was for a meaningless belt that people don't really give that much of a shit about. So I, I, I think during this match, I went and did some online banking. <laughs> wow. It was that interesting. I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure I did. I'm, I'm fairly sure I amended a standing order. Oof. During this match, like Heady that, that shows you. That's, I know that it just shows you. Were, were you amending your were you amending your standard order to New Japan World by any chance? <laughs> yes, down to zero. <laughs> oh, actually, speaking of standing orders, I don't know if I've told the story before on the podcast, but there was a, a mate of mine when he was uh, like sixteen. Uh, he set up a direct debit to UNICEF, and his dad found out about it, and he was like. Why are you doing that? Because like all your money comes from me and your mum anyway. If you want to do something for charity, then we'll set up a donation for you. But like you know, don't don't worry about like taking that out of your money. Like we'll sort all that out. And so my mate was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. It'll like lessen the hassle if it comes out and me me dad's money cuts out the middleman. And uh, he couldn't for whatever reason cancel the standing order online, so we had to go into the bank to do it. And he thought, okay, it's fine. There's only one direct debit on my account. <laughs> so um, so he went up to the Uh-oh. he went up to the cashier and was like. Uh, can I uh, can I cancel the uh, standing order that's on my account, please? And you're like, would that be the one to UNICEF, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> Awkward. Um... Mitching UNICEF. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, is there anything more to say about this match? Really, can we move on? Nah, move on. This match is worse than get the guilt of cancelling a standing order at UNICEF. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now what we have is. Um, I think this match is actually a big example of uh, matches which promised a lot and seemed like they were going to get oh. going and then didn't really. Um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, uh, Kushida, defending against Taiji Ishimori. Huge disappointment. Huge disappointment for me. Both these guys are fantastic. Uh, Kushida yep. especially, yes. I rate. Ishimori has yep, been... I'm the same. 
since jumping from Noah to New Japan, he has, I think, d done more to impress. Well, he's had more opportunities to impress than Shingo. But, like, he is a great wrestler. He was fantastic in Noah for many, many years. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's because Kushida had one foot out the door because it's been announced that he's leaving now, or whether the layout that they had for the match didn't quite meld with the amount of time they had. Uh, this was, I'm not saying it was bad, I'm not even saying it was average, I thought it was it was a good match, but it really could have been so much better. Yeah, uh, this was hugely disappointing for me. This was the match, this was probably the match I was most looking forward to on the card in some ways. Um, I consider Kushida to be absolutely, um, in the last five years or so, um, one of the very best wrestlers on the planet. Um, I think he's absolutely incredible when he, he's on the top of his game. Um, and like you said, I've got um, uh, a lot of goodwill towards Ishimori. Um, I would all, I would have him, I think, um, in the last few years, certainly a little few rungs below um, um, Kushida, but certainly in the past, um, Ishimori's done a lot of stuff I really liked, and I thought this was all set up to be just a classic, um, you know, especially at this point in the card where it's really about time to start building that second wave of, of kind of momentum, you know, and really getting the crowd kind of um, up and, and moving again, especially after the drab match before it. This just did, this This just felt like um, it, it never really got out of second gear to me, which sounds crazy when you see think of some of the stuff they did in it, but for what these guys are capable of, um, this just never really seemed to hit any kind of crest of a wave for me that got me involved. Um, and then when it finished, I, I was like, huh? Like it, it, I was really surprised at the finish. It, it felt to me like it was uh, too brief. It felt to me like it came out of nowhere, like they hadn't earned it. Um, and I know a lot of people have spoken about the, the politics behind this and stuff, and um, so-called sort of um, this kind of stuff with um, you know maybe this was a way of um, kind of um, you know burying Kishida on the way out or whatever. I don't think it was anything like that. I just think it was no. a poor performance from both guys on the night. Well, I think uh, I, well the rumor I heard that the reason why it was so short is that what was happening is that. Adam Mage was sitting in his executive box, sipping a brandy, and then realised there were two Japanese guys in the ring. He says, our fans don't want that. We are catering to the Western <laughs> demographic. Cut their time. Ring the bell. Go straight to the finish. There yeah. we go. This is maybe 25 minutes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that... Um, uh, no, I don't think they would try to bury Kushida on the way out. Because actually, uh, New Japan and Japanese promotions in general do tend to be like... They very often let people win their last match. Like um, We saw it with uh, uh, Nakamura... Um, uh, Io Shirai in um, Stardom, uh, you in Tokyo Joshi recently, who's gone freelance. Um, <laughs> get, looking forward to that when I uh, when, uh, see you at Eve next month. But uh, ours are fun. Or, or just like hearing people shout, shouting you and then immediately following it with Soldier Boy Tell Him. That's the, that's the other one you can do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this was, I thought there was some good stuff in, there was some good reversal sequences uh, centered around uh Kushida's small package driver which is one of those moves where you can use it to do quite a lot of different uh different reversals and things like that so i, I thought that was good um the other thing can we, can we talk about the entrance oh yeah i was gonna say the other thing i really like with oh, the entrance fucking hell i forgot about that is is that uh that camera where they show the kid with the Kushida mask that's what vince mcmahon will see the first time he meets Kushida. <laughs> <laughs> It's Vince Vision. 
Yes, it's fence fishing. It's just what's About, this child's it was, doing. It was like one of those things. It was like when you go to. Um, it reminded me of I want some uh, the first ever gig actually that my uh, crap punk band played when we were teenagers was the bass players. Um, the bass players' uh, parents every year um, in this kind of suburb outside Manchester had this quite um, a famous Halloween party where they'd invite all the neighbours. They'd have like a circus acts outside. They'd book fireworks going off. Um, you know, like designs everywhere, like um, interiors, like spooky things. DJs playing bands. Uh, so we were playing in the back garden. Um, everyone was in sort of an outfit and things, and the, the mum, she was dressed as like a, like Lara Croft from Tomb Raider, um, we were dressed as like hula girls, everyone in the band for Halloween, there was vampires, Frankenstein, all the usual stuff, right? Um, the dad came downstairs after being upstairs for what seemed like a long, long time. Now, important this for context, the year was 2001 or two, and if it was 2001, it was certainly, um, you know, um, um, God, it what, yeah, either 2001 or 2000, God, it was 2001. Um, oh, the, I know where the, this yeah, is going. For yeah, sake. and the dad, the dad walked downstairs in a fireman's outfit. So far, so good. Uh, covered in what was, I think, meant to be dust um, oh, no. and debris, and literally the arms and legs from mannequins that he had um, uh, uh, attached to his. Uh, walked downstairs and just smiling and beaming as we all literally dropped our cans of lager and like plates of food in absolute astonishment and disgust. Um, literally just went is it too soon uh, um now in terms of in terms of of, of sort of um crazy japes and jokes um uh, that have gone a little bit awry and just ha- have misjudged the tenor of their audience utterly um this little uh, baby's uh, head uh, with baby with uh, like sort of toddler with kashida's head thing i just heard an audible gasp from the audience that they were just like oh like they were really freaked out by it, and I was at home. I was it's really like freaked out the, by um, it. It's like the CGI uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Carrie Fisher in yeah. like the new Star Wars films. It's like no matter how good the technology um, gets to replicate human features, either in animation or using plastics or whatever, it's still never going to pass the sight test. You know what I mean? It's like I used nah. to I used to uh, play in a, a jazz band. And they used to have uh, receptions for like the graduates at my university. And if you played your bass guitar for like a few hours each day uh, for a week, you could clear like 350 quid. It was really good. But one of the uh, things they offered, as well as like graduation photos and that, you could pay, I think it was like 140 quid or some ridiculous sum to have a um, 3D printed bust of your uh, your darling student son or daughter's head. Oh, that's weird. And they all look like uh, cursed artifacts from a Goosebumps book. Not even the good ones. We're talking series 2000 here. I was hoping you were going to say they all look like um, the uh, Lionel Richie head from um, the video for Hello. Uh, the, the clay one. Right, the, yeah. This, I mean, it, it's so it's so bizarre. It reminds me of, um, that, do you remember that Galaxy advert with Audrey Hepburn in it? Uh, where it's yes. an animatronic robot. Oh, God, I don't uh, like, actually. This sounds very creepy. Yeah, so they had an animatronic robot of um, Audrey Hepburn, Oof. and like I didn't realise it was a robot for a while until I was told, and uh, you can't unsee it when you see it. And it, it, it just looks so off. Did, 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 did he just think? Really did, he just th- did he just think she looked really good for her age? It's <laughs> like doing very well for what ninety <laughs> odd. Yeah. Hey, 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 I tell you what, I, I, I'd still love. I'd love to take her out on a date. I'd love to take her out on a date. Just give us one chance. <laughs> I, I think that like I think the gasp was the sort of subverted expectation because because basically Kashida's I don't know if you, our listeners are familiar with Kashida's entrance video but like it's basically him as a kid like 
uh, sort of doing moonsaults onto pillows and like old like home video footage yeah. and like it's really cute and adorable and mm. they found a way to make this horrifying because I assumed what it would be is a kid dressed up as Kashida and then it, they were going to have the smoke and be like tonight Matthew I'm going to be and then and then they'd uh, do that but no it was no bad New Japan bad the, the good part about... going the best part was Taguchi as Doc Brown because, like, uh, he was absolutely yeah. loving it. He was like, I get two paychecks this way. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it didn't even really make sense in terms of the narrative of Back to the Future. But I don't even think I mean, I've not them. seen any of those films, so I wouldn't know. But, like... You've never seen Back to the Future? No, no. He's, me- he's, he's middle class, Daniel. Of course <laughs> he's not seen this. He spent his, spent his days hunting pheasants. I hadn't realised Back to the Future didn't have cross-class. I'm, I'm lower middle class, I have, you know. My mum grew up on an estate. Oh. Not a country one. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was nipping in there before you fucking did, Jesus. Um, so uh, yeah, entrance aside, um, it was a good match, but it's it's it, it sort of a um, it sort of sums up the junior division at the moment. Really, you've got all the talent in the world there, but the booking's no good. The matches don't really get a great amount of time or decent layouts on the agents. So you know what can you do? Yeah, huge disappointment for me. Huge disappointment. And like you know, it's a good match, but a good match for any wrestling promotion is like the absolute minimum floor. Never mind on Wrestle Kingdom, where yeah. expectations with, are very high against everything. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it was all right. Imagine if this had been on like some sort of Corican show, people would be like that was really, really good. But yeah, but just not for me. Not 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 on this one. Very much disappointment, as I said at the start. Unfortunately. Yeah, so um, moving on, this is a match which um, I actually think this... <laughs> Amazing. This is, uh, talk about uh, too many belts, this is the only match on the main card that is not for a title. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, like, um, all the in all the title matches as well, the title change hands, there were eight title changes on this show. Like, surely that's got to be a record mm. for a single wrestling event. I'm not counting multiple switches of the DDT yeah, Ironman like or, yeah, or, 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 or the Championship or the WWF hardcore title yeah. in 2002 or whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah um, so a special singles match. This is a feud that has been uh, brewing for a little bit of time. So we have the uh, leader of the uh, uh, Bullet Club firing squad, um, uh, the knife pervert Jay White, against uh, <laughs> uh, Kazuchika Okada. So Okada's arc's been... Um, it's been it's been quite interesting actually. Like basically, he had the belt for two years. He lost it. Then he became a sad boy who was just well. He drove to Dundee in his bare <laughs> He did. He the roads. But he's bounced back. He bought, he bought some <laughs> shoes and dolsies because <laughs> you can't go see Shrek in your bare feet. <laughs> and yeah, he's just been coming out with balloons with a little smiley face drawn on them, and it's all been a bit weird. Um, yeah, I I missed all this, so I'm I was kind of glad that yeah, I came. But in basically, uh, Gado turned on Okada to join up with yeah. the firing squad, and Jado went with him because wherever <laughs> Gado goes, Jado must uh, inevitably follow the Jonathan Wilkes to his Robbie Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did, you, did you know that 2018 was the first year and I think it was like 25 years where Gado and Jado haven't had a tag match together? Is that right? Wow. Yeah, they couldn't. They didn't even put themselves on some shitty Road 2 show or anything in the tag team. It was the first time in 25 years they didn't have a tag match together. Wow, well, fair dues. Uh, end of an era. Yeah. 
anyway um, <laughs> yeah that, well that's, that's just depressing <laughs> but uh yeah it did lead to on one of the shows in december on the run-up to the uh tokyo dome a singles match between Okada and gay though uh, which i haven't watched news. but like Jesus Christ, for novelty value like i really I want to see that yeah they're actually I... still pretty good in a like a uh, sort of featured singles match like i remember a couple of super juniors ago he had this really good match with uh, uh i think it was rocky romero was and like Gator was that a heel, but Corican was really right. behind him, and he did all his sneaky shortcuts in a sort of lovable scamp way. It was a really, yeah. really good match. Yeah, he's done that in the last few years, where um, if he has been called upon to be in a match, um, usually for kind of angle-based reasons, or because it's like part of the tournament or whatever, then uh, yeah, you know, he, he knows his limitations now as a worker because of his age, and he, and he, he uses the, the spoken words and the shenanigans, and I don't mind that. I appreciate that in some yeah, ways. So. Yeah. Was, it, was it him that was Captain Noah? It, no, Jarlo was Captain Noah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Do you remember who was captain? They had a captain all Japan on uh, one of the. I think it was a benefit show for Fukushima. Ah. Amazing. Captain Noah wasn't Jado at that time. It was someone else. But uh, Captain All Japan was Ryotohama. Ah. <laughs> Big boys bingo. So uh, yeah, this match um, actually the um, the whole Okada business uh, this year with his sort of um, not fall from grace, but his sort of. Uh, taking stock shall we say and having a bit of a crisis um did period lead... of introspection yeah it yeah. did lead to a very cool moment was when he so he came out in the coat didn't uh, he? this is the this is the greatest moment of the whole show and then he took off his sort of entrance skirt entrance trousers whatever you well first of all he came back out with his old music again yeah 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 he did so he which did is, that and, and then um he he took off his entrance gear and everyone was like he's back in the cutoffs but it was, it, but it's great because, like, genuinely, as daft as it may seem to people that are kind of like, uh, you know, um, that that don't watch wrestling a lot or whatever, like those kind of things, um, um, they're they're more in terms of like symbology and stuff like that. It's a really basic thing to do, but you know, wrestling has to be basic in its symbology sometimes because it's it, it it's it's it, it's it's punting for the people at the back row of the Tokyo Dome as much as it's punting for the people at home, and there has to be set kind of like you know visual cues that that that, that lead um, everyone that's in the different positions there to to understand it correctly, and that's the beauty of it and just that moment when he you could tell that he um he, he kind of because he, he he was kind of wearing these like really um like uh un- unzipped kind of just like uh, bits of cloth over it they weren't even the trousers um i don't know if he had like the poppers or like zips or whatever but the moment that he, he took them off it was fantastic because i actually think that set the tone for the whole of the rest of the match because people were obviously like you know what I, we've been waiting to see what we consider to be the real Okada back again. Um, hit, hit the character that we, we grew to love, um, you know. And whatever you think about him as a worker, and I do understand there are people who've got criticisms, criticisms of him, um, I've always been quite partial to him, even when he's been doing stuff that I haven't necessarily liked. I've always called him, like, um, you know, like a top-level Randy Orton, um, in the sense that, um, you know, um, uh, he manages to very much do more or less incredibly predictable things in every match, every time, but somehow, um, in a way that it just doesn't work when Randy Randy Orton does it to me because there's no connection. It, it does work when Akala does it for me, and I, I, I get into it. And um, you know what? This was my favourite match on the show. I, I think it's weird to see Akada in like a quote-unquote special singles match rather than in the main. It's like, but that's why I loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. Fifteen minutes really suits Akada because the big criticism a lot of people have of Akada's uh, title matches were there's like ten minutes of sort of fairly meandering mat work at the start, which doesn't really go anywhere, and this kind of dispensed with a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Oh, I, um, uh, in terms of, again, expectations, I'm not a big Jay White fan. I, what is he? I, I know he's a nice pervert. This oh, is, yeah, is that? I know. This is what, what I'm trying to get what to the is bottom a nice of. Pervert? I don't really understand. Okay, so basically, what the gimmick he is? Like, 
He likes knives. He's called Switchblade Jay White. He's a sort of, I don't know, the, the impression I always get from him is sort of like edgy emo teen, and I don't think that's what they're going for. No. And I think I made this point last year. The problem is, yeah, this cute little baby face, cherubic almost. Yeah. And I don't know, something about the gimmick. I mean, hey, fair play to him for getting this sort of you know, big push, yeah. but there's something about the gimmick. I think other people would uh, play it better. I hate to say it because I despise the guy and I'm not a massive fan of his wrestling, but there was rumours it would have been Sammy Callahan, and I think he would have done this sort of oh. grungy stuff like, oh. much better. Because yeah. he I is mean, probably because um, he is a shoot shit house, but like you know. What yeah, I mean, I mean, so, I mean because he looks at the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang. <laughs> he fucking does. I mean, I mean, Sammy Callahan's. Ter- uh, yeah, oh, God, don't, I'm, I'm still terrified. Um, but um, I mean, Sammy Callahan is um, is a terrible person. But um, yeah, I actually do like a lot of his his work as a wrestler. Um, but um, no, like yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if it was just me because I've not been following the whole Switchblade thing. Um, I did feel a bit sorry for Jay White because. Well, I've been obviously like, like all of us. I've been following him since he was a young lion, um, and I actually thought he had a great deal of potential. I've seen him wrestle live. Um, he had a good match with um, Josh Bodden, um, Rev Pro, as the opener that we that we saw um, a few years ah, ago. Yes, yes, I um, and I, I actually liked him. I thought he had a lot of potential. When he was in Ring of Honor, he was basically doing like kind of white meat babyface stuff when, when when I was watching it, which I I thought suited him really well because um he's quite a likable guy. Like uh, he's from New Zealand, uh, you know, where obviously like um um there's it's got a, a growing wrestling scene, but it's not like you know hasn't um impacted on the popular consciousness in the same way like the English scene or the German scene has. So you kind of like think that would be cool for him to be successful, be a big star back home. Clearly, incredibly dedicated um to his craft um and is is really trying to you know become a great a good wrestler. Um, but yeah, there's something about the gimmick. I, I really didn't like it last year when I felt like he, I mean, he was like parachuting that like three or four days or something, a week or something before the, the actual event in, in, in the Dome last year. And it feels to me like he's just never really been given a chance to breathe in it and make it organic and make it comfortable. I don't know. I haven't been watching enough New Japan. I, I but... thought, yeah, I thought his match against uh, Tanahashi last year was bitterly disappointing in a basically yeah, similar, like similar spot. And uh, that's because Tanahashi Dome matches tend to be really, really good. And it's like, it's a big Tanahashi match at the Dome. I thought it was one of the weakest matches on last year's show. I think the my issue with Jay White is that when he was having that sort of best of infinity rivalry with uh, David Finlay, when they were both young Lions, all those matches were great. And like, so I think set the bar for young Lion matches that I still don't think has been cleared, even by uh, Tanaka and Kamatsu. And the problem is that his role in the company has shot up so much. Like, he was given a gigantic push after coming back from Excursion, and I don't think his in-ring stuff has kept pace. It's like his matches have still improved, but whereas it used to be, this is amazing for a young lion, yeah. now this really isn't the quality that we would expect from someone in this high position on the card. Yeah, which again isn't necessarily really his fault either, you know. Um, and, I, and I do feel a lot of sympathy for him because he's yeah he's a young guy. He's um he's been given a huge responsibility. And Christ, I couldn't wrestle in front of an audience at the Tokyo Dome in one of the in one of the most hype matches. Yeah, he's had <laughs> two two Tokyo Dome matches, like big singles matches. Tanahashi and Okada. I mean, that's quite some pressure for yeah, a young wrestler you know. to work under. So I, I do feel sorry for him in in that respect. Um, and I do think that he'll put it together eventually. Um, I think there's enough there. I thought this was. I thought he was good in this match. I thought Okada was the guy who made it, but. Uh, yeah, it takes I, two I, to tango, as we always say. Absolutely, and, and I love the match. So I have to say that on the positive side, that's great. Um, you know, this is this is a, a Jay White match in this position on the card that I really liked. Um, so yeah, I think my consternation over who won the match, I think maybe coloured my enjoyment of it slightly at the time. And oh, then, okay. 
And then looking back at it, into, well, I thought... Because um, I, I thought it was the right decision. Yeah, I do now it with the benefit of hindsight. But my instinct at the time was that, okay, so Okada's, uh, he's had his midlife crisis at the age of 30, 31, whatever it is. Um, he's come back and he's got his mojo back and he's going to show everyone that he's still, uh, he's still himself. And... Now, the thing is, that made logical sense to me at the time, but fucking our New Japan do so many of these redemption storylines oh, anyway. It was Tanahashi's it, not long ago, wasn't it? Yeah, well, exactly. Well, and it serves, well, on this show, and it, yeah, uh, yeah. it serves far more... Yeah, Tanahashi's had several, actually. Yeah, it serves far more of a purpose for the company, I think, certainly from a business perspective, is because they're losing quite a lot of talent to All Elite Wrestling. They may be losing Kenny Omega. It's certainly looking that way at the time of recording. And so they need a, hey, if, you, if you're going to push foreigners, you need a big main event foreign heel. And so to put Jay White over not just Okada, but the older Okada, like the proper Okada, I think made sense. So absolutely fair play at them uh, for the results. Yeah, uh, abs- yeah, absolutely. And I just thought the, um, I just thought the, this was so much fun. This this match, you know, um, to see the whole um um, because uh, really I got caught and I got caught up in it as well. I got completely worked because I thought um, you know, what's going to happen is Okada's going to come out strong. He's going to do all the usual shtick. He's going to get the crowd back on his side. Oh, it's the old Okada. This is brilliant. That's fantastic. Um, and then there was going to be um, you know, um, some a cut off by Jay White that would lead to kind of um, um him healing it up, and then there'd be a kind of a bit of parity at the end, and then uh, uh, Okada would probably win. Um, you know, uh, but this sets up things um nicely. Um, um yes, I think I, I wish this. they didn't have to involve the rest of the firing squad, but yeah, it does. D- yeah. David, what do you what do you, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I thought this is a real statement win for Jay White. I've again, I've not really been that high on him before, but um, I I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was it was really quite good. Um, yeah, I've, I mean, Akada's matches are generally always very very good. I liked that it was kind of snipped down. I thought it was going to be a hulking epic of a match, and it wasn't. And again, it, they kind of dispensed with the 10 minutes of faffing about at the start, and it really worked. And yeah, like, I remember people talking before this saying that, you know, Akada will win this. There's no chance of Akada losing this. Like, it's just no Jay White's not at that position. Because, I mean, I think this is the first time I. Well, the first time Akada's not main event, even like, what? A good five six years. He's certainly not lost, and uh, yeah, at least three four years. Um, so like, it is a big a big position. I I, I totally agree with the decision. Like if you know if you're going to go with somebody, go with them all the way. You might as well. Uh, Arcada is perfectly fine taking a loss. He will rebound from that no bother. Especially after a two year title reign. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure he can you know, give an L every so often away. But yeah, he, this this was really really good. So like a lot better than I thought. See, I, I was conflicted going into it. I was like Okada in the dome. It's going to be great. But then again, Jay White in any match is probably not going to be that great. But but no, they the 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 goodness of an Okada match outweighed the the apathy of a Jay White match for me. I I did really enjoy it. I remember yeah, because I remember um. And we got a bit of blowback for this on Twitter, actually, but like I stand by it, is that if Okada's lost the title, uh, and I thought he was booked far too strong in the in the G1, like he lost his first couple of matches, and then he won all of yeah. all of them apart from the draw, which meant that he didn't go through to the uh, to the final. And I thought if you're going to do that sort of, Okada is now completely bereft after losing the title. Like Angle actually commit to it. Yeah, I can see why they didn't because they wanted to keep him strong, but I think. 
yeah, he can take a big loss in a match like this, you know. Um, I loved the uh, like the last minute or so of the match. Um, like Akara's always been great at these sequences where uh, the guy's ducked the rainmaker and now he's trying something, and now Akara's got a German and he's hanging on, and then he's trying another rainmaker again, but the guy's ducked again, and you know all that sort of uh, yeah, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Sometimes I like can, yeah, sometimes they can seem a bit contrived, but I thought this one was really good, and um, it, it was to the point where I think. You get these uh, finishing sequences in the Carter matches time and time again, and the Carter always wins. So to have Jay White be the one who came um, away from all these intricate uh, reversal spots with the win, I thought like created this quite unexpected moment, and I, I appreciated it with the benefit of hindsight, like I say. Yeah. So um, so two matches left. We have uh, got the, the semi main IWGP Intercontinental Championship on the line. Uh, Chris Jericho defending against Tetsuya Naito in a no disqualification match, which was a stipulation announced, I think, only a few days before the show. Um, if that, like, honestly, probably, I think it was the day before, yeah, something like that. Probably, really not. I think, for the best, because um, I think um, my issues with Jericho's New Japan run have not been related to his in-ring work by any stretch, but I think he has uh, he is at his best doing this sort of like car crash. Um, Absolutely now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, before we get onto the match, you know I said like Sonada's beard, like that is but a mere moat in the <laughs> eye of the fashion gods compared to the gigantic plank that is Chris Jericho's <laughs> current look. Uh, uh, right, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go to bat for this. Right? Oh I think, my god. I think it's a great look for his character right now. Genuinely. Genuinely. I do. Uh, honestly. <laughs> okay, right. yeah, okay. It is a great look. It's a great look for his character. I am assuming we are taking as read that his character is I see Yadar's taking the divorce well. Yeah, d- genuinely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He they is. Have, he, they have definitely turned the yeah. winds against Jericho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> like, he is, he is, a, um, he is a, a man that is he's, he's over the hill. He's completely self-inflated in terms of his own ego. He still thinks he's the, the the guy that he was, the cool guy that he was twenty years ago, right? But he's an embarrassing dad um, that embarrasses his kids by picking them up at school looking like that, listening to classic rock in the car, um, like, um, and just generally making a complete show of himself. Can't handle his booze anymore, but still gets drunk and embarrasses himself on nights out, like, um, and is just a, a tragic figure. He, he, he's a tragic figure. He's 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 genuinely kind of. Um, 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 sad, like you know, um, he's he, and I, I think that that's kind of from just the footage that I saw presented. Um, that's actually how I thought he was presented. He was presented as a strong heel, uh, but one that is genuinely a little bit pathetic and jealous of his younger upstart rival, who's cooler, um, you know, and, and and all that like. And if you read it like that, I actually think that it's it makes perfect sense. He is a heel here. He's meant to be seen as you know this kind of like oh for God's sake, mate, pack it in. You know, you're too old for this. The, the vibe I get is the the patient goes to the doctor and he says. Uh, I've been feeling depressed, and the do- doctor says, "Oh, you should go and see Chris Jericho wrestle." And the patient says, "But you see, doctor, I am Chris Jericho." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like um, I've I've made this reference before, but you know, it's like it's the it's the middle aged bloke you meet who's just had a divorce, who 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 swears down that it's the best thing that ever happened to him, even though you can see he's just about to crack at the mere mention of the name of his former wife. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I see um, a racing car. Do you? Yeah, but that's right. I've just I've, I've just bought a motorbike. Uh, I'm going for a jog every morning on the beach. I've got tattoos of the kids. Uh, this one's a rose. This has got. Uh, this has got uh, Jenny's name on it. This one's uh, this one's Bobby. This is uh, that's not a rose. That's a that's an oak tree because he's a strong lad. He's going to like his dad. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's 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 this kind of thing. Um, 
I liked um, Fozzie's entrance song, Can I Borrow a Feeling? Uh, (laughs) No, no, but you've certainly borrowed a few riffs. (laughs) Yeah, I was Uh, going to say, I I knew you were going to make a joke because you said the words, I liked Fozzie's entrance song. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We need to take a moment to um, discuss this. Fozzie, right? (laughs) What's all that about? I, I have met one Fozzie fan in my life. And he was fash. <laughs> good start. So not not hitting a good batting average. Nope. Not gonna lie. No. Nope. They are the most spectacularly. They are the Juice Robinson of the <laughs> rock world. They are so bad. Like they are like if if anyone ever says to you that they they genuinely enjoy Fozzie, shut them out your life. Just yeah. just uh, cut off it, all contact. It just will not do. It just will not. I mean, like, you know, it's troubled people. It's troubled people. I've, I've, uh, I've played a gig at the same venue as Fozzy like a week before. Uh. And it was, it was the the uh, University of Extra. Did Student you use Union. hand sanitizer or not afterwards? Oh no, no, I was there before, so I was fine. If anything, they would have to use hand sanitizer because I've been there. Oof. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we can all agree. Um, and it's a point that's been made by, um, I, I can't remember if it was the, uh, it was OSW or the Studio podcast or one of those, one of the, the big, uh, the big swinging dicks of the yeah. wrestling podcast saying like, <laughs> it's very clear from uh, reading Jericho's autobiographies that like he believes Fozzie and his wrestling career of like equal importance and they're just yeah. not. Phenomenal scenes. I've, I've mentioned the, um, I've mentioned before that he once he once got involved in a, a message board spat after King of the Ring 2001 because people said that his triple threat wasn't that good. Yeah. And he went and he like logged on and like created a user and uh, just went like absolutely went to town and went in this huge blog post and ranting at these people. He, uh, he's the Giles Corrin of. Um, <laughs> he's the Kenny Omega of his time. Yeah. Uh, Unblock us, you coward! My, my favourite uh, Chris Jericho uh, sort of being very mature in the response to criticism was um, uh, when he'd done a particularly shitty segment on uh, Monday Night Raw and uh, someone had said, like, this is, yeah, this is really dumb and shitty. He was like, oh, oh yeah, you know, it's not meant to be highbrow. Go watch some Kierkegaard. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. Noted uh, film author Soren Kierkegaard there, uh, author of Fear and Trembling in Las Vegas. At, le- <laughs> At least if he'd said, uh, like, uh, Wittgenstein, he could have by accident uh, got a philosopher that there is actually a film about. Like, uh, you know, like, that would have been something. But, uh, no, uh, bless him. He, I mean, you know, he's, he's done his best there. Yeah, he has. Um, I, didn't appre- <laughs> I didn't appreciate Naito aping Jericho's, uh, like, divorced dad look. I don't appreciate Naito the, much, uh... to be honest. <laughs> I'm not a big Naito fan, uh, to be quite frank. I'm glad um, someone else is. Yeah, I mean, so I judging just... by the crowd response, you're certainly in the minority because, no, I know. man, is this guy I... still over like Rover even yeah. after the last year of disappointing recursive booking? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. No. I, don't, I don't like him either. He's, he's he's just Randy Orton. He literally just he just does the same things. If if he did this in WWE, people would be like, oh, Naito. Oh, he's a rubbish worker. Because he's literally just Randy Orton. He does exactly what he just passes about. He's not even a cuddle level Randy Orton. He's not even a cuddle level Randy Orton. He, he probably done his arm in taking the bins out. He's not, <laughs> he's not even 2004 Randy Orton, Randy Orton. 
No, 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 no. no. I, actually, I actually quite like them then. Um... <laughs> He's only 25% Frank Furter as opposed to the full 75% that Randy Orton is. <laughs> Yeah, one hundred, one hundred percent, um, 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 prime, prime, uh, uh, um, Frankfurt. But I, um, yeah, I don't. I, people often like, genuinely, people often think that I'm trolling or that I'm, 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 I'm being deliberately provocative when I, I did not realize how universal the, um, the, uh, uh, highly thought of, um, um, you know, Naito is outside of like, you know, just like total um, marks or whatever. Like, I mean, I know we're all marks, but um, yeah, I just, I feel like I often get a lot of hostility for this, but um, I just don't think he's that good. So yeah, I've, I've just been imagining. <laughs> Like uh, I've just been imagining a reality show called Total Marks, and it's just Carl and Freddy in their flat in Manchester, just going out on the lap oh, having a grand old time. That'd be phenomenal. Or to be honest, that's a little bit like what the uh, Raoul Peck film, um, the Young Carl Marx, is like. If you've ever seen I mean, that, you know, um, now I really want to watch that. Highly recommended. Um, highly recommended. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm higher on Naito than both you guys. I think I think certainly a couple of years ago he had really mastered. Certainly when he came back and did this new gimmick where he was this kind of, um, I guess, lackadaisical, sort of too cool for school kind of I quite like the gimmick. Kind of guy. Yeah, but he, he was he's at his best. He's great at wrestling a match, pretending that he doesn't give a shit, but actually like working very hard, but pretending like he isn't. It's sort of a it's a big high wire act. I think at his best, he can really do that very well. However, sometimes he has matches like I didn't watch it, but there was a match he had with uh, Suzuki earlier this year, which was again half an hour long because it's a New Japan main event and meant to be utter dog shit. So he can actually be shoots lackadaisical as opposed to um, as a gimmick. However, I thought this was a match format, which really meant that he couldn't really do that because yeah. You're doing mad shit table spots and DDTs onto the floor and uh, and stuff like and I, that. And I will say, I will say, I thought he was good in this match. For everything so I've I. just said, for everything I've just said, I don't want to be unfair. The guy, genuinely, I've credit where credit's due. I liked him in this match. I loved the uh, the baseball um, uh, kendo stick shot thing. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, that was brilliant. Is 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 Naito one of these um, uh, former baseball players? Is that He's not, reference? but he, he is a noted huge fan of the oh. uh, Hiroshima Carp, which is so it uh, still kind of makes which sense. Which I think from I think all of Lij yeah. have a sort of affinity with that team. Oh, well, that's cool then, because that kind of means that like yeah, it's, it's not completely there. There is a kind of uh, a meaning behind that as well. That's cool. I, I didn't realize that. So yeah, um, I thought that was great. I love. Uh, I, I would also like to mention what a great name Hiroshima Carp is. <laughs> My my favorite one yeah. is the Nippon Ham Fighters because like it's Nippon Ham is a company, but it also implies that they fight ham, or like, they are hams that fight, which I believe is the plot of Porco Rosso. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I thought he was good in this match, and I thought I thought Jericho was great. He's um, still doing the Lion Salt. That's all the uh, DDP yoga he's getting paid very handsomely paid to plug on his uh, podcast that I don't listen to. But um, this isn't an original thought, by the way. But I thought this reminded me of some um, some Lucha Brawls. Um, uh, this was pointed out by people on Twitter and by some pod- podcasts I've heard recently. Um, but um, yeah, it reminded me of a little bit of kind of an unhinged um, elder statesman of um, of Lucha that um, you know um, realize that they can't really do everything they used to be able to do in the ring. So just go for the most batshit insane brawls ever. Um, you know, LA Park style. You know, um, just. I um, mean, we're not going to say like. Um... I, I, I'm sure you're not going to say it's in the same ballpark as MS1 versus Sangue Chicana, but like, uh, it's, no, uh... wash your mouth out. Uh... <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I can see what you mean about uh, about that sort of uh, vibe, and it um, I really appreciated in this match because uh, on this it show, it was more like it was more like rush for a, a rush park uh, kind of match. I, I felt more yeah. on that level. Yeah, and I thought it was really good, and it offered something different. 
on this show, which is always appreciated, especially with uh, New Japan. There are some really great wrestlers, but sometimes if you watch an entire show, especially during the G1, it can get a little bit monotonous with the same sort of uh, same sort of thing. So I, I was listening then, but I just uh, I just fist pumped uh, visibly uh, that the guys would have seen it because uh, Phil Foden just scored for City, so that's made me really happy. Yes, they're six uh, nil up on. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ! Seven now, just seven now. <laughs> I mean, Jesus has scored a hat trick. Um, also, I know when it's seven. I know when it's seven. Just for the football fans, um, who is Alexander Zinchenko? Because um, he he he's, he never plays. He he's sounds always, like he's always on the he bench. Should be wrestling um, um, like in um, in, in rings, <laughs> in, rings in, rings. in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> he he looks like someone had tried to draw Kevin De Bruyne, but yeah, only seen him yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he's um Ukrainian lad um that we bought um God, I want to I want to say about four or five seasons now ago. I could be wrong. Could be longer than that or, or shorter. Four or five. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Fucking yeah, hell! I, I want to say four seasons ago now. I could be entirely wrong, but Still maybe 11. that's not true. Maybe he was, he was brought in when Guardiola first came in. I can't remember. But um, yeah, he's um, he's he's really promising. He often gets played out of position, so he doesn't always um necessarily have the the best games, and he's prone to um uh, um um a bit of a mistake now and again. But in games like this season, he's absolutely fine, like uh, way beyond his level. So. I'm, I'm, speaking of like um uh sort of people who with potential, it's really it's really funny to me that um. If you like, if you search Chris Jericho on New Japan World, there's like a handful of recent matches and then just stuff from like 1995. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I actually really enjoyed this. Um, and I, I, I thought um, Jericho, Jer- I thought yeah, Jer- I thought it was great. Actually, made me interested for seeing anything else that um would happen between these two. Although I'm not sure what's happening with Jericho and the AEW thing or whatever. No, well, they. they I mean, I heard rumors that AEW are sort of they're desperate to keep Omega. Um, sorry, New Japan are desperate to keep Omega. And so yeah. they're sort of looking again at the idea of um, of uh, entering into a working agreement. Having said that, as Dave Meltzer always says, like things are changing all the time. So by the time this is actually released, presumably the uh, situation will have changed about 23 times. But Have, have you heard of the latest signing to EEW? Rovert. <laughs> yes, uh, Robert, Robert's been signed. Uh, no, uh, I'm not making this up. But, uh, Billy Gunn has been announced as he I saw this. Wrestling. Uncle yeah. Monty. A New Japan WGP uh, Intercontinental Championship challenger, uh, Billy Gunn. Remember when he wrestled Tanahashi and Tanahashi did this promo saying. <laughs> <laughs> saying I respect wrestling legend Billy Gunn, presumably with um, Gato behind the camera with a gun trained on him, like Herzog trying to get Klaus Kinski to finish filming Aguirre, the Wrath of God. Was this during his whipping cough gimmick days? That's a great um, a great analogy, actually, because in that it means that um, at some point Billy Gunn probably tried to firebomb Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi's house, um, <laughs> uh, uh, which is quite, quite the, uh, the mental image. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think this was probably my. F- I don't know. Did I prefer it to uh, Ibushi versus Osprey? I think. I think on balance, I probably might have. But like those were my two favorite matches on the card up until this point. I thought this was the thing is about Jericho. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I don't know. I I think I may well have been worked. Now you mention it by his general look, but honestly, he's had what four matches in New Japan and. The evil one was quite good. The other three, I think, have all been. Have yeah, all been I, I, really, I like the Kenny Omega one last year as well, and it's very. Yeah, very someone said like uh, someone on Twitter said uh, I can't remember whom. So uh, uh, if I'm plagiarizing you, I apologize. But they said that um, 
uh, that Jericho was the only person in New Japan to have got Kenny Omega to wrestle anything other than a yeah, Kenny Omega match. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and it and it was great, and yeah, really thoroughly enjoyed this as well. Um, so that brings us to the main event, doesn't it? <laughs> Speaking yeah. of a Kenny Omega match, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is on the line. Kenny Omega defending the belt against uh, that young up and comer, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, the thing is about this main event, um, I was like, okay, going into it, I don't think either of them should win because I, okay, I get this. Like, okay, I'm probably going to really enjoy this match because it's Tanahashi in the main event of the Dome. Yes, we thought we were past this uh, stage, but for whatever reason, they decided to give him the G1. Fair fucks to him because in a big match like this, he's got arthritis in his knees and he's got a permanently atrophied bicep, but the guy can uh, the guy can still go. And uh, but I didn't want him to win because I thought it was recursive. And but I also didn't want Omega to win because firstly he blocked us on Twitter. I think we might mention that earlier. And secondly, uh, his title reign I don't think has been very good. And it's it's not really to do with it's it's not even to do with the matches, and it's not even to do with the fact that um, it's he's not there all the time because hey AJ Styles wasn't there all the time when he was. Uh, he probably worked fewer shows than Omega did actually when he was IWGP Heavyweight Champion. The champion doesn't have to. Uh, they don't have to be around all the time. I'd like them to be there more frequently than, say, Brock Lesnar is, or at least be there more frequently doing interesting things more than Brock Lesnar is. But what I don't think is conducive to the business as a whole, or the promotion as a whole, is uh, sort of the way in kayfabe uh, he's comporting himself as champion, doing these promos about, um, you know, all these guys are boring. I'm the guy who... Um, uh, who creates the excitement in New Japan? Uh, because hey, there are quite a lot of people who do genuinely believe that about uh, New Japan. They're not interested in seeing guys like Tanahashi or Naito at the top of the card. They are elite stands, for uh, want of a, uh, a better word. And um, it, it reminds me of the story uh, that Jericho always uh, that Jericho always tells. And I think it's in his first book where he says that when he was a young wrestler, he did a promo saying that the guy he was wrestling was old and washed up, and uh, the guy took him aside and said. So, okay, now if you beat me, what did you accomplish? Because you just beat an old man. But if I beat you, you lost this guy who's old and broken down. And guess who's going over? That's the thing. You have to, especially as the champion of a company, you have to act as an ambassador, um, not for yourself. But And I think this is the thing that Omega really struggles at. You have to act as an ambassador for the promotion and, in a wider sense, the sport of professional wrestling. So it's not enough to just put yourself and your friends over because... You know what happens when they leave the promotion, and they may well have left the promotion. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And there's people that will say that we're old-fashioned for saying that, and that we're out of touch. And to a certain degree, they they might be correct. I mean, I'm 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 33 now. I mean, I'm probably in the sort of liminal space between being uh, the sort of the new book, some um, um kind of a mega elite um sort of way of doing things um as, as being really appealing, and also being old school enough for me to kind of have, have, have inclinations towards that. Um, I I I, I agree. I might not be you know with the the mainstream of public opinion on it but i agree with what you just said um they did not it doesn't have to be the point that it's ridiculous or over the top or kind of like you know um, to the point that it kind of becomes false or anything but um, not everyone can be like john cena you know <laughs> like um or, yeah. or whatever not that i think he's any of those things i think he's, he's excellent and a wonderful ace but um you know like um yeah you do have to kind of carry yourself with a little bit of responsibility for the fact that you are the figurehead of the company um if, yeah. if if your titles mean anything you are the figurehead of the company and i don't think omega's done that um and um i think that um, um, personally, like that, that actually kind of did make the match a little bit more interesting to me, though, because I actually really did want Tanahashi to win this, um, purely because 
uh, I thought um, he, his redemption arc, the bits that I've seen uh, were great. He had a wonderful match in the climax final with um, Abushi, which I thought was one of the best matches I've seen all year. So I was kind of all in on, on Tanahashi, who, despite all his flaws and despite the, the criticisms I do have of him and have, have had of him throughout his career, is at the point now where I do just genuinely respect the man so much for what he's done um, that I... Um, oh, God, yeah. He is a, he is uh, a living legend. There's no other way to put it. And, absolutely. And I was really drawn into this match. And not only that, but the people I was with, like the uh, the people who are very new to New Japan and the person who had never seen any of these guys before in her life, like everyone was cheering so loud when Tanahashi got the win. Yeah. Like imagine. even though even though in the back of my mind there's a little voice saying oh Tanahashi winning the uh, IWGP title in the main event of the Tokyo Dome is it but like you know, you know the thing the, his performance in this match really brought you along for the ride yeah. and um, I I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, you know some people are claiming that it's a uh, an all timer in terms of matches I don't think it is I thought it was very very good I really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, just just Tanahashi's performance as a babyface and the the overwhelming love that the crowd has for him and that he clearly has for the crowd, mm. um, I think really helped make it. It's uh, he is still, in my opinion, the best big match wrestler in the world. Uh, yeah, he's definitely one of them. Absolutely, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dispute that. Absolutely, I've I've, I've got some mixed emotions about this. I I didn't think this was an absolute world beating match. I had this as my. Uh, Sixth favorite match of the night, so I liked the the Bushi, the Ishi, the main tag as well as the Okada J White and the Jericho Naito match. I preferred all of them to this. Now, I think one of the issues, and this kind of goes back towards a lot of the criticism we have for Omega, is that you mentioned obviously the way that he's conducted himself as a champion, it kind of has spilled over into his matches mm, and uh, mm. I was a big mm. Omega fan a big big Omega fan in fact I was probably saying I was one of the bigger Omega fans when he was a junior I really enjoyed the junior uh, matches he had at the Dome with like um, Kishida and uh, Taguchi and stuff like that I really enjoyed them and not everyone enjoyed them as much a lot of people weren't as high on them so I was a big proponent of them and then when he became uh, a heavyweight I enjoyed his stuff. That was like, you know, fair enough. You know, and then he got to the Akada matches, and I really, really enjoyed them. And it was kind of like when the second he he pins Okada to win the title in Dominion. Yeah. My 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 inve- my investment ended with him because I'd have been yeah. invested in the the chase of the title, and he got to the title, and this big huge story that we played out over the last year and a half, two years, whatever, had finished, and that was the ending chapter. And I was like, fair enough, I really enjoyed it. That That's the end. But then we had the championship run, and I get the feeling that because he is champion, yeah. he, he has had a lot of stroke. He's put a lot of creativity into the matches, and it's a lot of it is stuff that I don't really fit, think fits with the IWGB championship. I mean, you know me, and your listeners have heard me before. I love, you know... Uh, weird stuff in wrestling. I love new stuff, inventive stuff, and all that in wrestling. But when it comes to like a mega and with these matches, it is very self-indulgent. There's the whole best bout machine thing. Oh, it's not about having the best bout. That's not what. Oh my god, I hate that no, so like, much. This is Dolph Ziggler's problem. It, it, that's, well. It's just a souped-up Dolph Ziggler from a few years ago, where he was like, oh, "I'm gonna have the, I'm gonna steal the show every night." Yeah, but that's not how a professional sportsman would think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they think and I'm gonna if win. You're going out there, if you're going out there to try and have the best match, yeah. it's like you know, try to be cool. Yeah. 
you know, when you're trying to be cool, you're not cool. You know, when you've got to try and have, you know, try and make these self-conscious epics, it doesn't work because the whole point is, is that you're putting too much behind it. Whereas an epic, you know, an epic match, a really great match, has an organic flow to it that you can't really manufacture. And you get this point where you say, oh, well, you know, half an hour, 55 minutes, and that's been endemic for New Japan, you know, for how long, you know, where, you know, Long Greek was better, and it doesn't. And this this show was was testament to that, because, I mean, all the matches, like, the matches I really loved were all, like, 10, 15 minutes. There was nothing over, like, 20 minutes. I mean, the Jericho Naito match was, like, 24 minutes or something. I really enjoyed it, but it didn't feel like it. Now... I thought this was going to be a lot longer than it was. It was only 34 minutes. I genuinely thought it was 45, 50, That was my fear as well. I thought, <laughs> yeah, fear is the right word. Yeah, that, that's what he does. Like, you know, he wants to have these big matches and long Greek was better. That's the New Japan ethos. And, you know, that, that was kind of thing. So I, I kind of set myself up where I was like, oh, God, here we go. Um, I, I feel this match did not need to be 35 minutes. I think if it was 25 minutes, it would have been great. Again, it's the same as Akata. The first 10 minutes were just pissing about. I didn't really enjoy it. Oh, the the to... opening of this was so tiresome and dull to me. It really was. In the first 10 minutes, I, I didn't. I really wasn't in, into this for the first 10 minutes. Uh, I was like, and it just kind of brought back all these things. Uh, the stuff I don't like. And full credit, right? Because for me, like, I'm not, I don't want to come on here and just go, oh, Kenny Omega's a bad worker and stuff like that. He's not. He was my favourite tag wrestler of the year. I find that the, the Golden Lovers, they all their tag matches this year have been absolutely impeccable. I feel mm. that they've all been really, really good, bar maybe one or two. In fact, the one I didn't like was with Naito, funnily enough. Um, but, like, I, I felt that in a tag setting, he's been great. As IWGB champion, his, you know, his, his vision is consuming the product and it, it's taking over everything. And I, I didn't really like it. I was really rooting for Tanahashi, and I'm glad he won, because it kind of ends that, that run and kind of lets us get back a bit more to business as normal. But the, the last like 10, 15 minutes, I really enjoyed. I thought it was a great final stretch. I thought they did a lot of great stuff in it. Mm. But they had to work. They had to. They were already like two, two goals behind by like yeah. 10, 15 minutes in, because I was already like, I'm a bit bored of this. And they had to come back from that, as opposed to starting on a fresh, you know, I mean, yeah, I think his reign had to end. I would have rather it have been Naito because, um, again, it's 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 not new because Naito's had the belt before, but he's never had a long run with it. And uh, and something I sort of neglected to mention um, in our discussion of the last match was, you know, for all the people who defended the decision to have Okada go over Naito in the main event last year, um, do you feel that Naito is in a better place now when he is... Uh, doing a redemption arc for the secondary belt um, other than like is he in a better place now than challenging for the the main belt in the uh, you know in the main event of the show <laughs> no. like you know it's one of those things and yeah. I, I can see why they had Tanahashi do it it's a it's a fallback but and it but that's, that's the thing it really doesn't even sit with what they're trying to do in terms of you know changing how the business works it's like okay yeah we've brought in all these uh all these foreigners and the, a lot of the big matches are very overblown ethics and uh we're trying to appeal more to western audiences but the main event is still tanashi going over for I, the belt i almost feel like this thing if they are gonna um, um and do the things they've been threatening to do or saying they're gonna do um as regards to this i kind of feel like um 
it almost needs this placeholder uh, champion at the moment, perhaps for the transition that's going to take place when the um, the the if if Omega leaves, if um if if if, if the rest of the elite go, if they start phasing that out, um maybe this is the point where it's it's almost like next year will be I feel like another well a, a, a more explicit perhaps transition year for the company. Um, they'll try and frame it as if it's not. Um, but I, I think it will be, and um, yeah, just on the on on the just to go back slightly on this, I absolutely agree with David that I've heard a lot of um, praise and hype for this match. I did like the match; I thought it was very good in the end. Um, but this is not anywhere near an all-time great for me. I, I, I if I did if I did star ratings, it yeah. wouldn't have even been five. But I'm pretty hardcore on those, uh, you know. Like, um, yeah, uh, you know. I, I don't think it's an all-time match, but I thought it was the best match on the show, and I absolutely loved watching it. Um, mostly, it was uh, the Tanahashi stuff because, like, the guy knows how oh, yeah. to time his comebacks oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Like the uh, my my favorite of these was the Wrestle Kingdom nine, where he just absolutely destroyed Okada's legs with like nine there was like nine dragon yeah. screws in the match or something like that there's a decent number of dragon screws in this one as well but he just knows how to get his big moves in at the precise point where it's really going to pop the crowd I thought I thought there was a, a, an absolutely bogging uh, dragon screw oh, yeah. uh, when he was on the turnbuckle yeah, that's that was horrible am I imagining this or was there was there a not as vicious but there was a uh, retread of the um, infamous top turnbuckle Dragon suplex spot. Yeah, there was, but but um, it wasn't really like he didn't land him on it. He didn't land on his neck. He flipped fully. No, over. I was really terrified. Tanahashi did that. like a moonsault, basically. Yeah, he yeah. flipped all the way over. I, I thought if you're gonna do that, I was like, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna just, I- I'm gonna call the police. Uh, you know, uh, it was just um, I, that would have been too much. But it, the way they pulled it off was okay. If he did that in the street, it'd be classed as assault. It certainly would. GBH, at least. Uh, like, and you uh, going back to what you were saying about like, Tanahashi, about the new era and things like that, like, I know we mentioned that we don't really watch English commentary or anything like that. However, in the English commentary matches I've seen, they have been plugging hard this new era thing. So they've been going about how this is the... Is that, this is the Heisei era, isn't it? The, uh... the Emperor's... We are, yeah, but then the emperor is going to abdicate. Well, yeah, this year, I they've, think. yeah, so they've, um, they're abdicating this year. They've been pushing this about how we are currently in the Heisei era, and Tanahashi is, you know, the leader of the Heisei era, and yeah. wants to take them into the new age, into the new era, you know, what the new emperor would be. Like, it's, but Chris Charlton especially has been like pumping this up, and basically, I think he's been doing it because a lot of people are speaking about it, and he's translating for them. If you know what I mean. In in summation, I I um I really adored this match. I thought it was great. Like 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 you said, I don't think it's an all timer, but um I it was the best match on the show. I really enjoyed it. It was a really nice moment to see Tanahashi win the belt in the main, even though we've seen it several thousand times before. And uh, I just thought it was a nice capper. And if nothing else, it has uh well hopefully rid New Japan of the awful Kenny Omega curse. Um, and actually, overall, um, just thoughts on the show in general. I really enjoyed this, uh, not just because I had a great time, uh, uh, you know, watching it with my friends, seeing the reactions of new fans to things, ripping the piss out of Chris Jericho. But I, I don't think it was up there with like Wrestle Kingdom Seven or Wrestle Kingdom Nine, which I would say were like really, really good ones. But I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a great show. Yeah. What, what about you guys? Surprising. I thought this was an exceptional Wrestle Kingdom. I yeah. thought that it was a lot better than last year's for me. Um, 
I felt that the matches were paced a lot, lot better. I think the whole show as, as a whole was paced really, really well. I know there were some matches you could maybe get an extra five minutes or whatever, but nothing really outstayed its welcome. Not even the 35-minute main event. It didn't outstay its welcome. Everything felt like it was a good time. Uh, there seemed some matches where I was thinking maybe could have had another couple of minutes on there. and you know I would always rather want something more than want something less out of a match. I'd rather have it give them, them give me something, no, not give me something than give me too much or something. And I, I thought this is a really, really good card. I mean, I was really down in this card um, until quite recently. Oh, yeah, but, going in, it did not look great. Yeah, and then I got kept pumped for it. And then the two matches, the Zack Sabre Jr., Ishii and Ibushi Osprey matches, I'm like, those are dream matches for me. I, I really want to see them because I've not seen the other uh, Ishii Sabre matches. So I was like, this is a dream match for me. I really want to see these. And they delivered. They were really, really good. And, like, you know, I enjoyed everything apart from Cody Drift, but who enjoyed that? Um, I enjoyed everything about this and I got some online banking done during Cody <laughs> Drift. So, thumbs up all round. Yeah, Daniel? Yeah, um, I am. Um, I. I... Yeah, I was surprised actually when we were talking about this. When I look back, I didn't think I enjoyed it as much as I apparently did when <laughs> when I was uh, when I when I was talking about it here. So I think um, perhaps it was like a lot of these shows. Um, uh, it, it picked up a lot um, in the second half. Um, I actually think if that Ishimori Kushida match had delivered. Um, I, I I would retrospectively be thinking that you know, this was actually a, a really great show. Uh, as it stood, I think there's a lot of stuff to watch again. I think the main event I'd like to watch again because I don't think I felt it as much as other people. Um, and that's something I'd, I'd like to maybe see if it was just... Uh, maybe I was just... Often at the end of these shows, I'm just tired, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and emotionally kind of wrung <laughs> out a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I watched this one in, in, in burst as well, so maybe it's not that. I'd like to revisit some stuff. But, yeah, in general, I thought, considering that I haven't really paid much attention to their product at all um, for quite a long time, and th- these matches didn't always necessarily involve people that I'm hugely high on, um, I thought this would... Um, you know, if we were doing the, the Siskel and Neighbor, this is uh, two thumbs up for me. Is that Cisco and Neighbor that do the thumbs up? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, Cisco and Neighbor do that. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah. With with that, with those words ringing in your ears, um, thank you for choosing to uh, get our words into your ear canal. Um, before we leave, we just have time to say that if this fucking ad copy ever loads. <laughs> There we go. Check out ProWrestlingOnly.com to explore other podcasts, along with match reviews, features and retrospectives, reviews of wrestling books, video games and matches, playlists, wrestler appearances in non-wrestling TV shows and movies, and more. You can also join the conversation by signing up at the PWO forums. We've been online for over a decade, and with over 2,000 registered members and an archive of over 4 million threads, our message board is a vibrant community all its own. Whether you want to talk about a specific match in our match discussion archive, take a deep dive in the Microscope Forum, or discuss more general topics from wrestling past and present. Check out all of this and more at www.prowrestlingonly.com. Okay, so I guess the uh, only thing to do now is to tell you what we are doing for our next episode. We are back into the main timeline of numbered episodes, and uh, after Hulkamania has been left in the dust, we thought we'd uh, have a little bit of fun and do a one-off episode we are going to call uh, Perosu the Music. So this isn't uh, so much uh, people's entrance themes, although I'm sure we'll touch on that, as um, novelty singles released by uh, Pura wrestlers. So we are, of course, going to be going into the 
ones notably released by Joshi wrestlers, you know, the, uh, the Crush Girls, Devil Masami, people like that. But also we're going to dive into uh, maybe things like uh, like The Destroyer or Jumbo Saruta's country music. Uh, Terry Funk is yep. certainly going to be uh, Terry getting Funk's a mention. Terry um, underground, um, exclusively only stocked at Volcanic Tongue, lathe cut, nice weight on it, highest possible recommendation, underground sides. I mean, the, um, uh, I mean the, the difficulty will be which Terry song, which Terry Funk song do you do? Because like, it's got so many bangers. With an oeuvre like that, it's very much like picking the best Dostoevsky novel. I mean, like, I mean, just, I mean, what when you I've get only read two Dostoevsky novels? When you get the coveted A plus from Robert Christgau, then uh, <laughs> yeah, they, oh God, the the dean of American rock critics. Yeah, because a dean would be something that would be a, anyway. Like, yeah, dean's known for being really yeah, cool. Like really in every cool teen movie, edgy. Animal House, yeah. for instance. Yeah, everyone fucking. Hey, he once played bass of the Pretenders. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, and uh, I guess we should plug our own shit, really, shouldn't we? So, um, you can find us on SoundCloud if you type in the Puri Puri Podcast into Google. Probably a good rule of thumb, actually. you probably find most of our stuff if you type in the Puri Puri Podcast into Google. But for the sake of argument... Job done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Fuck it. Down the pub. Um, we've got a uh, Twitter account, at Puri Podcast. Um, we have a, a princely 539 followers at present. You can be one of those as well. I don't mean one of those 539 followers, otherwise that would mean that one of our precious porn bots would have uh, unfollowed us. And, uh, it's one in, one out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's like, the, it's like the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, only so many people can make it into heaven. Yeah. There are 144,000 spots available on the Puri Puri uh, podcast follower train. One in, one out, again, like that, uh, that swingers um, orgy at the mansion. Um, but, um... <laughs> we have brought things full circle. Yeah, 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 although it'd be quite a tame swingers orgy if it's just one in, one out. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so you can get me on, on Twitter at the ultimate poo. Um, I don't actually tweet anymore because it's bad for my mental health, uh, but I do check my DMs um, and I do keep up to date with what's happening on Twitter. So you can at me, um, or you can send me a message about something if you want. Um, and um, also um, take a look um, at um, um, uh, I forgot the, I forgot the the app for this. Uh, fun underscore pod um, on Twitter. Um, we are going to be doing more um, podcasts um, um, and with the Are You Having Any Fun crew, where um, we talk about um, leftist politics um, and um, general comedy. Um, and uh, outside of that, you can buy my music at handloomlament.bandcamp.com. Someone messaged me about this. It's hand. Like your hand, the body part, loom, like a loom that you would uh, weave on, um, and then lament, as in, you know, a, a, a sadness um, uh, about something. Uh, Handloomlament.bandcamp.com. I mean, I, I should say, actually, uh, to a uh, left podcast, there was uh, one of the Real Politic crew actually spent part of their Christmas Day listening to our Christmas special. Oh, and Jesus. Honestly, that, that is. Bastards. Who was it? Which one? Uh, it was uh, uh, Laura. And because they, they, because, uh, <laughs> Yeah, she tweeted at me saying, like, um, like, just saying, like, she, well, I think the exact words were, because well, I described John Prescott as the greatest pure striker in the history of politics, which I completely forgot to do it. And it just said, for fuck's sake. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And then I was like, I was just really touched that someone would spend part of their Christmas day listening to our podcast. No, that's, so that's, that was, that's, just, that's just really nice. I'm, I'm blushing a little. That's incredible news. Yeah. Absolute um, waste of your Christmas yeah. day, but thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Real Politic. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I guess um, yeah. Also to plug, I maintain the doublefootstompercity.com. You can find uh, some very nice written content, not just only by ourselves, but by other members of the I maintain the doublefootstomp is silly family. Um, yeah, and as well as that, go to fastbook.bandcamp.com. Lots of weird music on there. Wired in. Okay, so that that all done. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. We have made it. We have made it through the rain, and there are a couple of lovely portobello mushrooms topped with garlic and halloumi waiting for me in the fridge. <laughs> the most Tory meal I have ever made. Uh, are you having it with Gavin? It's not even the most Tory meal that you've had today, George. Don't lie. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, uh, just this like this is really sputtered today, hasn't it? <laughs> Can I go now? I'm really hungry now. He's mentioned them mushrooms. <laughs> Just like mushrooms, a fungus that just won't quit. The Pro Pro Listeners, Podcast. They, listeners, they keep me here in a dungeon and they don't let me out for these things. I'm starving. I have, t- I have two rolls here and I've not been able to eat them because you prattle on for the last fucking two and a half hours. <laughs> Jesus. I'm so hungry. <laughs> All right, in the interest of the lad stomachs, um, thank you for listening. Fuck off. There we go. Activate the Omega 13. Okay. Cooking with gas. All right. All right. That's good. Um, yeah. Um, cool. I'm just going to turn myself up a little bit. There we go. Um, so uh, basically, I've gotten a note. Got no fans. Um, <laughs> um, so we'll just do a nice, quick, and dirty uh, review of Wrestle Kingdom uh, 13. Mm hmm. And uh, all have a all have a, a spiffing time. I've got the card up in front of me. I think we should That's probably don't worry about going to. too much. Yeah, don't let's not worry about doing too much play by play stuff. Honestly, I don't think there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of the spots I can't. There's a lot of the matches I can't remember a single spot from <laughs> nah, because me too. a it was a few days ago and b wasn't that we good? Had people round. <laughs> like <laughs> well, we we had people round as well. So like for all of like the concentrating on the matches that we did, there was an awful lot yeah. of ripping the piss out of Chris Jericho's I, midlife crisis. I very. So, I very like, I, yeah, oh, I very much think that um, uh, uh, Cody versus Juice Robinson may suffer the Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin fate from our WrestleMania. Um. I completely forgot they <laughs> exactly. had uh, wrestled at. Exactly. Uh, I, well, I forgot they wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom two years ago. Oh god! <laughs> what did they? Uh, I've definitely that was seen it. Match but in the company, I, don't I think. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was better than I mean... that malfeasance. Fuck's sake! <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, I've got some notes, but yeah, none of them are about anything that is particularly important it's all just nonsense observations but that's <laughs> no that's if our nonsense observations are the the bread and butter of this it's podcast. my stock in trade i'll have you know <laughs> yes um okay so uh shall we uh shall we commence yeah yeah
Yeah, I need to go. Okay. Two seconds, actually. I'm getting, I'm getting a delivery. Pizza or brown paper bag full of cash? I, I took delivery of a um, something I uh, contributed to on Kickstarter oh, yeah. today, which was a uh, calendar full of uh, Spanish Republican art from the oh, Civil War. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, I know. It's that's good. really good. So I, I, I also took delivery of some Yu-Gi-Oh cards because I <laughs> dropped quite a lot of money on them in the aftermath of the tournament I played last weekend, oh, in which I did very well for me, but that still meant one, two, lost six. So, ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And one of them was a buy. There's a place in um, in Newcastle where people sit, um, like a, it's like a comic book shop, but it, it's basically it's really oh, I know like where a game that is, shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever I walk past it, there's all it's always full, which is good to see. But it's um, always full of people playing. Pro- I imagine they probably play that. They definitely play Magic the Gathering and some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's always, it's always so- really full. It's like really cool. It's like a little, um, you know, space, cultural space. You should, you should, you should, you should come and trade him. We can go play Magic the Gathering in a place with no drink. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm already, I'm already going to um, Ranjit's Kitchen in the South Side, which doesn't serve alcohol, to get some of their excellent, renowned food. Uh, but then after that, oh, I was, nice. I said to McQuaid, I was like, yeah, but we're going to the pub as soon as that's over, right? And he was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, 170 players at the tournament, and let, let me tell you, I have never seen so many snapbacks in one place. <laughs> <laughs> well, 170 players. I would say about four or five of them were women. I was. I was at a school called uh, Solihull School in Solihull in, in the Midlands in Birmingham. Um, Richard Hammond was there. If you don't believe me, you can look it up on the Wikipedia, and there's a list there of all the other Z grade celebrities that went to to Solihull School. I'm on it. Uh, Richard Hammond's on it. He was about five years below me. And in the year above me at Solihull School in Solihull in the early 1980s, was the original lineup of Napalm Death. <laughs> and I actually used to go orienteering with Napalm Death. <laughs> I did, Glasgow. Four Sundays a term. I would go, voluntarily, to the Brecon Beacons to go orienteering with the original lineup of Napalm Death. <laughs> but it wasn't square. Go into the theatre and all like in Top Gear orienteering, like you would do. <laughs> it was first wave, proto speed metal, anarcho punk orienteering. <laughs> we had maps, but all the boundaries were crossed out. <laughs> Come on, it's better than you. It's a better job. That is the second best joke in the show. Come on, follow their lead. Follow them. And I actually saw the, uh, the original lineup of Napalm Death to about their third ever gig. And it was in 1982. And they performed in front of a banner that said, Punk is a rotting corpse at Dorridge Village Scout. Well, they were nice lads, Napalm Death, the old, old Nick Napalm, who's a singer. Um, that wasn't his real name, ladies and gentlemen. His real name was Ian Napalm. Are you happy now? Is that what you want? That's not what they want. Oh, fuck, what's that song? What's that U2 song? Um, Vertigo. Yeah. Bono tries to speak some Spanish and says one, two, three, fourteen. Oh, brilliant.
Fake. He has the lowest. He has the biggest collection of Seat family hatchbacks. <laughs> it was somebody was telling me that he has a plot of land in Dublin, and he's um, secured rights with the council so that he can have a statue of him built on it. Oh my god! Uh, somebody, not like he's not having it built yet, but he's just kind of you know saving it for a rainy day. That's his concept. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, angry anarchist absolutely. Chase Bono. Remember that? You remember that, that that headline in the paper? It was like angry anarchists chase uh, Bono down a, a back street and he fears for his life. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even, it was just like people that were just like, that, that were like um, uh, just bamming him up for just generally being just rubbish and loving himself. It wasn't even like particularly any threat to him or anything. Like, because, uh, you know, because they were all, ch- he was there to, for the make poverty history thing and they were all chanting make Bono history. <laughs> You, you've heard the Glasgow one, haven't you, where like, he clicks his fingers and every time I click my fingers a child dies and someone just says, stop fucking clicking your fingers in your fingers. Sorry, I've just seen on Twitter, um, you know um, uh, Kim Duck? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's fucking wrestling this year. Yeah. Is he, is he doing like, one of those Colchester shows? Or no, great, sadly or, like, this is in Canada. Tokyo, but it's from, for some South Korean wrestling belt. It was like, did he tag with fucking Kintaro Oki in like the 70s? That's meant what, like in like all those all Japan tag leagues. What is it? Like, is it be... is it, it's like for a belt. Yeah, yeah, for a belt. Like um, uh, the NK, so the NKPWA heavyweight championship, the August title. The NKPWA is this a North Korean <laughs> wrestling to say, association? Oh, speaking of which, I managed to fish it out of my parents' uh, parents' gaff. Tada! Ah, oh, yes. Oh, very good. Have you seen the the shows for um, what's it called, the Ricky Dozan shows that were on over New Year? Oh, I've got them all. Samurai TV. Um, I've got the links. Uh, I probably will watch yeah. them at some point. Yeah, there was like uh, a five done, part done... documentary about him. Yeah, he's done a Babble one as well. Oh, lovely. Um, as well, yeah. Uh, he was in a a five on four handicap barbed wire street fight with Anita Kim Duke uh, last month. Last month. Yeah. Atsushi Anita, Hasegawa, Papanda Raiden, and Tomohiko Hashimoto defeated Tien Sotoni, Kim Son Duk, Tarzan Yamamoto, who is a journalist, and uh, a baseball journalist, and then Dosawa Ronga, of course. Yeah, Tarzan Yamamoto, he's 74 and he worked a uh, a hardcore match with Anita and his pals at a uh, Stardom Idol show. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that's that was that Stardom Idol show. Oh, was it? It's the one was with Kim Duk on it. God, God, God bless the somehow 30-year-old Tam Nakano and her friendship with Atsushi Anita. Scenes. Uh, Looking forward to the Kim Duck gravure coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Duck is down to Kim Fuck. 